This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're selling turnips and shit at the market while getting our sons laid by our co-workers. As we watch Spine 236 in the Criterion Collection, Pierre Paolo Pasolini's Mama Roma from 1962. But mm. first, RJ, if mm. I were an asshole... I'd be saying, eh, turn down the heat out there. <laughs> uh, how hot is it? How hot is it? It's, it's my God, RJ. I, I, had, uh, I, I had to do a run to Domino's uh-huh. next door because uh, we were out of diet soda to drink. Uh-huh. And sure. I, I went out with my, with my mask on because I work with a mask. And holy shit. I was just like, what is this? Why does it feel like I'm in like a goddamn oven? Why does it feel like I'm firmly stuck up an elephant's ass? Why? Why is it so fucking hot? What was that uh, that analogy you used use there? I'm not familiar with. Well, that. you wouldn't be because it's pure Duncan. I uh, I actually I think you should have went the other way and uh, you should have hit me with a pretty hot in these rhinos. Oh, that's your language. That's R- my language. R- rhino yeah. asses. I was actually at a friend's house, and I uh, in their bathroom there was a framed picture of uh, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, too, when Nature Calls, uh, in the rhino scene, just uh, above the, uh, right by the shower. It's pretty nice, Jared. Very nice. It's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hot, man. It's uh, 32 Celsius. Yeah, the, uh, the the vehicle said 33, so Oof. feeling it. Uh, it's I, it's. Yeah, it's pretty hot for our neck of the woods, it's, right? It stays like this. It's like, oh, AC, baby. I mean, I, I remember the old days when it would get up to thirty nine forty during the like the the peak, the peak mm-hmm. of summer, and uh, we haven't gotten anything like that for a while. Yet, <sighs> yet, yet, yeah. So, how's your uh, how is uh, your mini figs holding up in this oh. heat? Are they melting at all? Or ah, what? good, good. I'm in a basement, so I mean, it's it's naturally cool. Uh, in down here, and the air mm. conditioning keeps it a little chilly. You know, sometimes you're like, "Ooh, better put a hoodie on. I don't want to catch a cold." A little, little hoodie, hey? Yeah. I, I think one time you uh, you gave me grief for uh, wearing my hoodie in the basement, and you said, mm-hmm. "You said, but Arge, it's summertime." And I summertime, said, "You know what? It's summertime in the city. It's a little cold in this basement, my man. I even have my uh, actually in this room. I have my AC duct closed. That was probably when I lived cold. in a house without air conditioning." And you, you didn't realize that the AC plus basement is actually pretty cold. A little, a little chilly. Pretty cold. Pretty cold. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, you're still wearing your mask in public. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I was really hoping the other day that we were going to get that mandatory mask thing come down. Yesterday, I was hoping, but no. Our uh, our, our, our dear uh, provincial leader of Creeplandia. Just mm-hmm. just refuses, and uh, he, de- he decided to go a different route. Instead of mandatory masks, he said, "We're going to open schools with no a- additional support. resources, none. Just yeah. fig- figure it out." Oh, yeah. but but on top of uh, forcing like the layoff of like all the support staff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, there uh, there was this huge budget cut to all of education here, and then uh, I, I really liked the infographic that uh, the government put out, uh, our provincial government. It was like, if you're sick, stay home. If you sneeze, sneeze into your elbow, and it's like, that's that'll get them, man. This is like the information we were dealing with like five months ago, not now. I liked his uh, dear the dear leader's uh, <laughs> address to to creeps villains of knock it off. Knock what off? Knock it off. The numbers are going up, you know? Oh, he was just like, hey, cut it out. Knock yeah. it off. Yeah. Grow, grow up. Like like Joey from, was it Joey? Joey from Full Full House? Full House? Uncle, it was Uncle Joey. Cut no, or, it out. The other is one. Is you're talking or, about? Is, 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 is Joey. Jesse? But, yeah, no, it is Joey then. Jesse and Joey. Great yeah. uncle. What, what uncles they'd be. Dude, do you even know Full House? What's going on over I, there? I, I, you know what? I, I do, but I don't remember a fucking thing about it except for uh, cut it out, get out of here. Cut it H- out. Hilarious. Remember he had like the the ventriloquist, ch- like Chuck. Uh yeah. Didn't was there a Halloween episode where it came alive, or was that too edgy for Full House? I don't know. Boy Meets World had a Halloween episode where they all died. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but they they can't. Was was it all a dream? Or was, it, uh, or was that the last episode? Yeah, it's the last one. Oh, cool. Yeah, last one ever. Uh, Feeney did it. Right. Mr. Feeney, you know him? I know him. Yeah, you're you're aware of Mr. Feeney? Topanga. What about Topanga? <laughs> hey, if you're interested, I own a Boy Meets World on DVD. I could... Uh, oh, oh I great. Could... Great. I'm so interested. I can't Grease wait. It your I, way. I can't wait. It's got like seven or eight seasons. Do you remember when Fuck they went yeah. to Disney World and they uh, <sighs> swam with the dolphins? How could I forget... I know. What's your favorite Boy Meets World episode? The one with Vader. Oh, that is a good episode. Mm-hmm. He he's he doesn't go by Vader, does he? Or no. is he? I uh, no. I I think it's just yeah. It's just Leon. Leon's just it's in Leon. There. No. Yeah, the Vader bomb. That's a good episode. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, you know, Jared. I it'd be tough for me to decide like which episode was my favorite. I would say maybe the one where Eric is hiding and he's trying to scare Topanga. That's a good episode, you know, you know, bud. No. But it's, it's like, you know, it's sorting through pearls. It's like, how can you find the best one? You know, picking a favorite child. It's tough. It's tough. So what else is going on in your world, Jer? How was that Domino's pizza, by the way? That did you Domino's. get any pizza or just Diet Pepsi? Oh yeah, I just had a a beverage. Oh. Yeah. You ever get the Brooklyn style pepperoni from Domino's? No. It's pretty good. I don't. The pepperonis uh, are really big. I don't eat that Domino's. No. I've, I've talked about that before, right? The, Probably. Uh, the the orange grease and the smell. Oh right. There's just that yeah. the uh, the the seasoning they put on their food. I don't know. Once in a, once in a blue moon, it's fine. But mm-hmm. but I have to say that uh, yesterday I did wind up eating some like dough balls from there because uh dylan was just starving and he got some like fuck i might as well and uh it it was like the weirdest nostalgic trip because i was eating these things i was like huh i've been coming to the store for like 25 years and Mm -hmm. right now i'm like remembering like sitting in this like room eating this flavor and it's Mm -hmm. summer and oh i was like fuck feeling old and then you airbrushed some mini figs oh fuck yeah i did well, Did you get a bugbear yet or what? No, no bugbears yet. The fuck, dude? Well, I mean, you can see the thing. I, I look, at, look at this, RJ. Look at that. Podcasting. 
Am I right? Is that uh, it? Looks like a vehicle used in um, Twisted Metal. You remember those games? Or, or Mad Max? Or Mad Max? What is that? A little burrower? Uh, it's like a what is it, a mega truck scrap jet? It looks like it would burrow in the ground and maybe would be based on like sound vibrations as like a, a use of locating. You know? It just goes. It just goes blasting through dudes. And uh, I, so I, do I, we. So do we. I just have to finish making a dude. I'm, I'm in the process of painting a dude to, to drive it. Uh, is it like a Kevin Bacon type? Uh, it's an orc. A Kevin Bacon orc? Like Kevin Bacon weird knob, maybe. I don't know. Do you, Do you see the subtle tremors hints I'm trying to lay out here for you, bud? I do. Okay, so yeah. I saw on Amazon you can get the Tremors four pack, the Attack pack. It's only like twenty bucks. I think it's. I think you can get like all six on Blu-ray for probably around that same price. Wait, six? Yeah. When did they make more than four? They, they just kept making them. I could I be. Wrong. Like... I, I could be mistaken on this, but I'm pretty sure that they uh, huh. they made a whole lot of this stuff. I thought there was only four. So uh, and, I... is, and is there more? Was I right? I don't know. I'm trying. It was in my cart. I was trying to find it. But it's Trimers. too far down. Let me see. Oh. Trim. Oars. Hard-hitting stuff here, folks. Yeah, there's uh, oh, Tremors 5. And there's yeah, now there's most six. recently been a Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Is that a so nice like, one? So it's like Snow Tremors. Yeah, mm. there, yeah there's a DVD, uh, the Tremors Complete Collection. 20 bucks. Well, the Attack Pack is Blu-ray, and it's only well, four. There is also a Blu-ray of the six-film collection that's currently unavailable on amazon.ca but you shouldn't be buying from amazon anyway because of bezos of, and his, yeah sure bezos <laughs> is that why or yeah why not like that sounds like a good enough reason okay well all i gotta say is i don't know where else to buy tremors my local store doesn't have it so walmart walmart's like the other like great corporation you can support they need they gonna... need it you know I was going to say, are they a, a good alternative? or <laughs> Exactly. We're fucked no matter what. So, uh, I don't know. Show up local, you know. It's like, there, there, there's nowhere that has this stuff. Uh, Sunrise Records? Uh, Well, who's their main supplier? Probably Amazon. Yeah. Big if true. Big what if are we true. talking about? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> how, are, how are tricks? Uh, illusions, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. You see what I did there? I, I did, yeah. I know you're a big Mitch Hurwitz guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RJ, we got eight emails. Uh, how do fuck. You, how, does that, how does that make you feel? <laughs> That's a lot of <laughs> Hey, I mean, I'm I'm not complaining, but I'm like, oh, man, we got to we gotta start going through these emails because we go over time. Oh, I'm sure people – I feel like – I don't know. We don't get a lot of complaints to, to our faces anyway. No, just on YouTube it, about the. Uh, well, yeah. They say the irony and hypocrisy of guys who complain about uh, movies over two hours long, but consistently have podcasts that almost reach three hours. Some might say that. Sure. Well, hit me up with these but, females. But no one's claiming that we're like the best podcast in any serious way. Whereas these movies that are like two and a half hours long, it's like this isn't that great. This is a pod a podcast. Well, we are globally recognized, but I don't know if it's for being the best. Exactly. Okay. We're, we're, we're fine. We're fine. All right. Well, hit me with these uh, these All right. emails. All right. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Just a quick check-in. 
and from Jared Berger. Jared Berger? That sounds like a very real name. <laughs> very real. Due to RJ's incessant beg for listener feedback, I decided to oh. check in with y'all. <laughs> I'm a okay, film student sense. at uh, UT Austin, and you guys have been on my radar a couple of years now via Reddit. When quarantine mm. hit, I started getting into uh, watch through Criterion's by spine number, and I had plans getting caught up to you guys by the end of summer. But now I think I'll make it by <sighs> September. Just finished the last wave. I'm sure you guys have noted this based off my letterbox. Keep it up, guys. You better uh, you provide better criterion opinions than most prestige film students and provided much entertainment during my summer job. Anyways, I just wanted to introduce myself and let you guys know you are doing the good Lord's work. Nice. P.S. Nice. I expect an explanation for Jared's lack of caring for updating the podcast mention list. Ah, yeah. See, that's uh, I voiced my concern on that oh, also. Oh, man. I... So when did you give up? Two years ago? Probably when I had to like also make the YouTube video component of the mm-hmm. podcast. I think that that takes a little bit of time. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know. What uh, would be good is if maybe someone cloned it and then and did then the work just for took us. Over. Hell, yeah. yeah. That's what that's what like that's what people should be doing. That's what the fans should be doing. They should become it, the uh, the archivists because I don't know. I don't, I don't got time for it anymore. I'm sorry. It'd be a lot of work up front, but then it would be really easy because Jared doesn't watch movies anymore. Exactly. So you see, yeah, there you it, go. So you know, but you know this uh, Jared Berger, real guy, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, it's nice. It's nice to hear that. Uh, I get maybe that's why we had so many e- emails was because maybe I I complained last week. I don't remember what we do five minutes after we do it. So this is true. But uh, he said something I was going to comment on. I have noticed that he's going yeah. in order, and uh, you know what, man. I, I I can't recommend it, but you know, I mean, do whatever feels right. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of options, I guess, for, for uh, podcast accompaniment for this long journey. So uh, we're one of the few options, and I, I bet we're one of the better ones. So there you go. Well, we're we're a global one, if it's that counts for anything. It's true. It's true. Very global. He had something else I was going to comment on, but as I just said, I forget things within seconds. So. I, I just saw that uh, uh, Jared. As opposed to Jarrett, uh, he just watched some Juliet of the Spirits. Ooh. It writes, "Wasn't expecting this to clap my cheeks as hard as it did, but here we are." It's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. Hey, you know, to avoid confusion with a Jared Berger real guy, I think maybe we should change your name to Garrett. Okay, we don't have any Garretts in Creepsville yet. We only get yes. yeah, you only get one. So well, I. <laughs> Garrett, uh, Garrett, no Garrett's Club. They're allowed one. Oh, That's it. I hate, that. I hate that name too. Garrett. I mean, I'm assuming it's Burger. Could be Berger. Who? Uh, you know what? I think when I saw this, I thought it was Jared Berger. But yeah. I don't know if that's just like... Burger? Oh, well, there's, there's not like a, a umlaut U H Berger. Un Berger? There's no two <laughs> dots over the E. No, an um, well, I, I like saying umlaut, even though I think there's more than umlauts, but fucking cares i'm gonna i'm choosing to go with jared Berger, real guy i think that's the uh the right approach here and you know if you don't like that jared or garrett sorry apologies if Thank you don't you. like that i can't uh i can't help you man it's just the way it is well, well thank you jared for writing in and joining yes, creepsville always good to hear from uh some of our bots i know we have many good yeah mm-hmm. next up 
Sam Sanchez. Baby. Like one one of our like top performing bots. He is. He's a high level bot. I uh, uh well let's see what he has to say. So it has happened. Uh oh. Hi guys. Writing in a little earlier this week than normal. Was going to wait till Wednesday like I normally do, but decided to say what the hell and do it now. Living on the edge, Sam. So on Friday, I tested positive for the COVID. I began. uh, Oh, shit. Damn. Well, okay, wait, sir. What else you had to say? I began feeling strong symptoms and quarantining since Thursday, but didn't get the full on confirmation until the following day. It's not fun, guys. Non-stop mm. body fatigue and body aches as well as an accompanying fever. I'm 99% sure I got this from work as a coworker tested positive immediately before me and everyone mm. else surrounding me went to go get checked and everyone came back negative, so that's good. Fuck. Yeah, it sucks, man, especially since uh, we saw this unfold in real time over the last two, three months when he was like, I got to go back to work. Yeah, and uh, California, it's it's one of the... One of the great states to be, I guess, if you want to catch COVID. Uh, apparently, yeah. yeah. No, that that sucks, man. I uh, I'm hoping you the best and a speedy recovery. I've been in complete isolation. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Only leaving mm-hmm. the bedroom to use the restroom. And while I would think this would be fun to catch up on some movies, haven't really been that much in the movie mood thus far. Not even yeah. a Wings Hauser movie has done the trick. Now on five days of complete isolation, just waiting for the turning point for this to start coming up Millhouse. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he, hey, you know what? I think Sam's got a real positive attitude here. If you if you believe that it can come up Millhouse, it can. It can. It can. I, I did take precautions at work, but I guess something still crept through. Make sure you guys keep wearing your masks. It's not very fun. Yeah, man, I'm uh, every day at that store. There's like uh, way too many people that come in still, and mm-hmm. uh, no, most people don't. It's the only time I notice. Hey, they're not wearing masks, but I am, and so they're safe, but I'm not safe from them. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I had uh, someone close have the the covid and uh, it didn't sound like a lot of fun a lot of long-term effects too you know not to scare sam or anything but you know good last uh good psa is you know be safe out there because you never know what's going to happen well i had a, a friend of mine that they uh they were in japan and they got oh, like shit. for the last like 15 months and yeah. uh yeah they had covid while while there and uh, mm-hmm. now, now they're back in the country, and I guess the, their symptoms were f- like nothing too bad. Like they did have the the weird chests, like pneumonia stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's weird because it impacts people so differently. Well, I think that's that's what they were all scared of, right? They're like, we don't know what's well, going to happen. Well, what I want to know is if if Foot Guy's okay. Foot Guy, mate. What do you think he was the? Uh, patient zero for uh sam's work and he was spreading it around yeah maybe i don't know i don't want to lay blame i uh, no, yeah that's because uh, like, i feel allegedly. like i feel like without evidence uh i don't want to be kink shaming foot guy either i well i i've said many times people should feel bad about stuff uh shame yeah should Ar- be well, yeah rg like he he balances out like i'm like kind of like live and let live you know let it mm. let it roll nah pe- people should feel bad about what they they enjoy uh but you know um i i get what sam means where he's like it's like 
prime time for movie watching, but he's not watching any because he's too sick. You ever get that, Jared? Like when you're say when you're a kid and you're sick and you'd stay home and you'd be like, oh, man, I'm going to do so much shit today. But you're so sick you couldn't do stuff. It's a major bummer. Yeah. I mean, major bummer. When I was uh, when I had a collapsed lung, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I did manage to watch a whole shit ton of Godzilla movies. That's true. No. Yeah. So Are I, you gonna I, do I don't that know. Again? <laughs> when i get covid sure. uh maybe maybe i'll crack open that showa box set and uh re- revisit old friends well hey i'll uh i'll make you a, a little uh promise uh if if and when you get it i'll uh i'll deliver you some i don't know some ham or something Ooh. to help uh help with everything sam continues oh right to step away from the doom and gloom I had some minor notes from last week's show in the small window before I knew what was up. I did appreciate the constant RJ speculation about myself, whether it was regarding being a possible Jay Leno fan. I wasn't. And whether I was a (laughs) skater boy, I also wasn't. Oh, no. Oh, see, these are the things I already forgot about. (laughs) Oh, for two. Oh, for two. Jay Leno was never my thing. I was more of a Conan guy from the two, but I think it was more because I appreciated that he used to work on The Simpsons exactly. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's exactly the same, same thing. But it's like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. You never, it's hard to top that kind of quality of Simpsons work. Uh, yes, I agree. I had cousins and friends that were big skaters, but I've never even tried to step on a skateboard, lawn, garage, or otherwise. I was mm. a fan of Tony Hawk's pro skater, though. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, see, I wonder if he had the uh, infinite balance cheat code and uh, he left his PlayStation on for three months. All right, guys, not much else to add. I'm going to be locked inside probably for at least another week and a half or so. Hopefully my letterbox feed starts to be more than uh, one a day, as it probably means I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I've, I've seen it. I've seen the movies popping up. Ah, so you think he's on the uptick. He's, he's on the mend. Take care oh. out there in Creepsville, as well as all the other listeners. Be safe, everyone. Yeah, folks, listen be to safe. Sam. Hey Sam, we're rooting for you, bud. If there's uh, any ham <laughs> I can send you, let me know. I'll uh, I'll, I'll ship that shit right away. You, you sending those? Are you sending those thoughts and prayers, RJ? Uh, I mean, I would, but I'm a strong Catholic uh, virgin, so uh, that's something huh. kids say now. Have you seen those shirts? Those virginity rocks shirts? Nope. No? Okay, well, anyways, I'm a strong Catholic boy, and uh, I will send some thoughts and prayers, but also ham, because ham is immediate. <laughs> what, if, what if he doesn't like pork? Uh, pretend ham? Pretend ham. Yeah. Okay. Pre- pretend ham. You send some spam? That's which no. is like pseudo meat. It is meat, but of unknown origin. Um... What do you think? Well, so I guess like, well, see, we don't even have, we don't even have spam up here. We've got Prem. Prem? Is that what it's called? (laughs) Yeah, look at that. Prem. Prem? I'm not going to look that up. And uh, frankly, it sounds made up. It sounds like Jared Berger, if you ask me. Real guy. Well, anyways, we're rooting for you, Sam. Get better, buddy. Oliver Granger. Oh. Film Fest at home. Uh Hi there, creeps. New Zealand's film festival is starting this weekend, and for the first time ever, it's all online, despite, uh, despite our cinemas being open. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess New Zealand's doing good. They, they always like make these, like, It seems like there's these declarations like, we're COVID-free, and then like, a couple days later, oh, there's more cases. And you're like, how the fuck are they, is that happening? I mean, 
Is it is it the goddamn Germs. foreigners, RJ? I think that's what it was at one point. It wasn't a bunch of British people were in there fucking around. Again. Again. Yeah. It was organized during COVID, so I guess they just committed to the online route so it could 100% go ahead. Also, there are probably problems with getting the films into the country. It's still all physical files with cinemas, right? It's actually a great thing for Rupa and I as we can't go to the cinemas together yet. Baby is too young to leave with someone. Have you done any online festivals or weird streaming options like with Bakuro? Bakuro? Bakugan? I don't know. Bakuro. I don't know what that is. I think B-A-C-U-R-A-U. B-A-C-U-R-A-U. Yeah. Bakuro. It looks like a movie, dude. I think you watch it on Kino and Demand or something and your screening gets donated to a cinema of choice. Cheers. Uh, so uh, the only it. streaming event thing I've done was uh, Found Footage Festival. They did something like they did a uh, a web seminar, which is like their it's just their format of their show, but they mm. did it in the format of a web a webinar. So okay. I watched that. That was that was fine. It was like it was decent. It was decent, but that's it. Like I haven't been going to any uh, Garth Brooks concerts. Um, Watching, uh, watching on YouTube, we're going to a drive-through, and him saying, "I know it's not live, but we're still going to have a fun time, aren't we?" Woo! At all the Garth Brooks stuff about him being like a, a serial killer. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's well-treaded ground for you then. Well, I yeah, you. I think you got me up to speed on that. As a matter of fact, he's like neat stuff, slick stuff, fun stuff. He's like, I'm on facebook you can check out uh, rocco boats uh, or Bodie, as some people call him uh, his uh, interpretation of that it's pretty good pretty good Jer. pretty good yeah, yeah i've seen these yeah we, we talked about it at some point these uh film fests online it's a cool online. idea i mean i think it's a great idea i, I still yeah. i mean i'm not watching movies at all really right now but here i am on a movie podcast yeah but if if certain movies were available online you'd maybe watch them oh man correct uh, I guess. Like, Maybe. I don't, but it's like, if it's there and it's a short period of time, I'd be like, eh, I'll wait till I can watch it whenever I want. And then as soon as I can yeah. watch it whenever I want, I'm like, ah, I'll get around to it. Just can't win. Well, well, Jer, I, well, I just, uh, I just, uh, I mean, I watched the, uh, Mega 64, Mega 64's Christian live podcast and, uh, you should check that out for sure. But, I think it's a cool idea. I haven't watched any yet, though. When are we going to do live performances? Like other than uh, on OnlyFans. On the well, I mean, hey, besides that, I'm that ready to start the OnlyFans. I just need people to. Uh, I just need like a hundred people to sign up, and then I'll get a give it a go. They'll send you gifts. Send, uh, they send can you, send you things to insert. I'll, I'll set up a PO box so they they can actually send to the home address. Well, that's, or for, that's, that's for your own protection. That's for my own protection. Correct. No. Correct. Well, uh, nice idea. And uh, good to hear from Olive Oil Granger, the man himself. Reese Haxtell. Oh, baby, big sugary bastard. What's he up to? Reese the Peace writes, weather Ooh. reports. <laughs> Which kind? Greetings, Slam Duncan and Big Loaf, <laughs> you classless simpletons. Nice. You guys ever heard of this David Lynch guy? Feel free to read that in a Jay Leno voice. Um, do me your Jay Leno voice. Yeah, you guys ever hear this uh, David Lynch guy? You heard about this? 
You heard about this? You seen this? Uh, I have heard about this. One of my you, favorite parts of oh. the past few months. I feel like it's a rhetorical question when, uh, oh, when okay. Leno says, because he's going to tell you no matter what. He's not going to oh, stop. He go, no, I haven't. He'll, be like, he'll just tell you something out of context because he's an asshole. Oh, oh this dude's anti-Leno. I, I don't know what to say. One of my favorite parts of the past few months has been David Lynch on YouTube. The guy has been putting out quality content every day. Most notably, mm-hmm. a daily weather report and occasional home improvement piece. Which mm-hmm. brings me to my question. Other than the obvious Star Trek, what surprising videos, music, movies have you gone into during this pandemic? Keep up the great work, fellas. Sincerely, Sugarhead. Man, that big sugary bastard. Uh, I have seen some of those David Lynch things, and they're pretty good. Have you seen them, Jared? Have you heard of them? I have, have you seen them? No. <laughs> no, I have not. I, uh, I, David Lynch, some of these side things he does, I don't know. I remember when he was selling his fucking coffee on his website, his mm-hmm. jump on it when he first launched his site, very, like, the Flash animation, and he was mm-hmm. do, he's been doing those goddamn weather reports for a long, long time. I don't, know if, I, don't sunshine, baby. I don't know if he's been stopping or and like continuing on with it. I, I like the guy, but sometimes I have to uh, moderate my intake. You know, I think he's I think he's earned it, Jared. I think he's earned the right to be an old man talking about the weather on the internet. And if he wants to yell at a cloud, he can yell at a cloud. Nothing wrong with that, that's, right? That's like. That's a lot of Simpsons references in uh, this episode thus far. I do you think anyone other than you and me will pick up on uh, all of these things? Well, I would say that there's got to be a cutoff for an age, where like Simpsons is not a cultural touch point for not people. Anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if like people yeah. watch it in syndication at all, or if people are like, "Well, I'm going to go back and watch it," and they go, "This sucks," and then you know, then they just ignore yeah. Simpsonsness. But mm-hmm. if you're like I don't know, twenty six and up, you probably are pretty indebted, or you have a sensibility. But that could be that could be too too high of an age or too low of an age. Maybe it's like thirty. Thirty's the new cutoff, and then. Well, I I may have gotten Sam wrong for Jay Leno and skateboarding, but I guarantee, Sam's knows those Simpson things because well, he, he, he already he's, dropped he's, that. He's, he's, he's Conan. Conan and Mel. So yeah. at least we at least we can have comfort knowing that Sam Sanchez will probably understand most of those subtle Simpsons drops. But yeah, Golden Sunshine, baby, do it, do it yourself. I just saw Crave put uh, that David Lynch. Uh, what is it? The Art of Life or something? Or I was try- trying to find it here. Do you remember that thing? They, that movie about him? The Criterion release. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Crave now. Should I watch it? You could. What is it called again? The Art of Life? Yeah. The Life of Art yeah, or something? And then there's like the older documentary, Pretty as a Picture, I think was the name of the older documentary from the 90s. Pretty as a Picture? I think so. Yeah, this is The Art of Life from 2016. Hey, I was a fan. I was a fan of, of that uh, last, that most recent one. Okay. So you say it's Pre- look, Hey, look at that. Pretty as a Picture, The Art of David Lynch from 1997, hour and 20 minutes long on YouTube. It's good time, or that's a nice little runtime. Nice. So, what what have you been getting into? Your YouTube uh, videos, mostly YouTube, just airbrushing. Fuck, man, YouTube videos. Let's take a gander. Most of it's all work related, sadly. Oh, nerd. Well, comic store related, so it's kind oh. of fun. Uh, how to use a color wheel? 
uh, was something I was okay. watching this morning. And uh, videos about Magic the Gathering and uh wrestling podcasts like i I don't even i say like one of those things is like wrestling observer podcast i was a Uh subscriber to it for like several years but then it felt like more and more like work to get my money's worth and listen to everything but Mm -hmm. then i found out like afterwards like wait they just upload like the highlights to youtube for free i'm like well Mm -hmm. that's good enough for me considering i haven't actually watched wrestling in a long time but i want to keep current on the uh the shitness i guess Oh, the shitness. Uh, I was going to say, one of the things I just watched was the DDP yoga announcement. DDP has COVID. Oh, shit. So, I mean, Sam Sanchez, you're not alone, buddy. It got oh, Diamond Dallas Page. DDP. You think he's still doing his yoga? He might be in bad shape. He Or, or he could be very healthy and he'll be fine. Could be. You, you just never know. You never know. You never know. What else were you watching? Well, I've been listening to basically my favorite thing on youtube while painting is i throw in some of these like mixes like for instance neon rooftops a chill wave synth wave retro wave mix and it's like an hour and a half long synth wave cyber dream 2 chill wave synth wave mix and this rj the accompanying graphic has a snake from the simpsons as a robot man Huh. Um, there's one that actually uh, is a really cool graphics. It's called Voyage Three Chill Wave Synthwave Retrowave Mix, and it's, it just uses this one like GIF of uh, an anime girl uh, sitting in a car, passively looking out a window at night in a uh, one of those great Tokyo landscape shots or cityscape mm-hmm. shots. And yeah, I, I, I throw these things on, and they help with the process of painting. So I've got tons, tons of synthwave. It's it's just background music. I thought uh, you weren't a synth guy. I thought that's why you don't like Mandy and uh, things like that. Well, I'm movie form. But it's because like my attention isn't on the thing. It's just in the background. Oh. The way the way music is meant to be listened to. I see. I see. I could I could get you uh I could get you some music. I could get you some music, Jarrett. Music I could get you. I could get you some music. One this, of my favorite actors. RJ two times here. Uh, one of my favorite activities in the last four months has been lying on the floor and staring at the ceiling Ooh. while listening to music. Ooh. Genuinely, that's something I've been doing lately. Or now, is that with tears? Uh, it depends on the. It depends on what kind of tunes are playing. Oh. Sometimes you get you hit a slammer and you're like, Ooh, "Baby," and you just cry and cry and cry, Jared. Uh, it's actually I, I find it's it's like a form of meditation for me. I just lie on the floor. <laughs> kind of relax my back and I just listen to music just for like an hour, maybe more. You ever do that, bud? Um. <laughs> so I uh, here, I, I know all I do is watch Star Trek, but you know, a few things I have watched lately. Uh, I, there's a Twitch streamer. Uh, his channel is called Hey Dingus. I've been watching that a little bit from time to time. There's also uh, my boy, Maddie Matheson. Uh, I've talked about him quite a bit. He's got a new show. They're really short episodes, but uh, you know they're they're helping out until his uh, show returns in the fall, the fall ones. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't yet again mention Spirit Gamer two three four. That's right, Hideo Kojima. I've been uh, keeping up to date on his uh, YouTube for quite a while. So uh, pretty good stuff, Jer. Pretty good stuff. Quality, quality stuff. And I mean, you know, whatever else. Do you ever lie on the floor and cry? No. 
<laughs> I, Why not? I, I, I haven't had the need. Are you saying you're a healthy individual mentally? I, I'm, hey, I'm not saying that. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, uh, you ever uh, you ever cleaned an airbrush, RJ? No, it sounds comp. Do you just put it in a bucket of vinegar for like an hour and then shake it off? Um. Well, you could probably use like some sort of cleaner, something. That, uh. But yeah, I mean, who knows? It's possible. I'm new to this. Is that is that what I should be doing? Is that a step I have missed out on? We use a lot of vinegar for our household cleaning. Right. It is a nice alternative to the harsh chemicals of the real world. Hey, have you ever uh, watched this video, Shrek 3000 Speed, but every time you see his ass, it's normal? Uh, I heard about it. No. I definitely heard about it. It's a... There's also that... Did you watch it? I watched. I tried watching it, and I was like, waiting to laugh. Mm. Isn't that the story of uh, your life, though, Jared? Waiting to laugh. <sighs> Jared Duncan, waiting to laugh. Waiting to laugh. Waiting to cry, more like. Eeyore. You gotta let it out, big boy. Just like Eeyore. Well, he had a point, though. <laughs> Why bother? Why bother? It's like, yeah, you're right. Life is meaningless, Eeyore. <laughs> That's right, what buddy. We, what were we talking about? Um, I don't know, RJ. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, emails. So hey, we got All Justin right. Peterson. There he is. What's up with him? Clichés and fish and chips. Huh? Ooh. He's got some, okay. We have some text here. Uh-oh. Hey, Jaron RJ, what's happening? We all know that you each have your fair share of cliche movies you don't like, but what about the words that are being used more and more to describe movies? Oh, boy. Are there any cliche words or phrases you try to avoid using because you find them obnoxious? For instance, mine are problematic. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening to our podcast, it seems. Uh, boring. And everything can be said about blank film has been said already. Oh, yeah. I don't mind saying gimmick is either a bad or good aspect of a movie, but there is this one letter boxer that always goes after me every time that I do, like with 1917. What? Uh, Okay, so I guess his word is saying gimmick. And I guess somebody goes after him. Yeah, this letter boxer gives him shit for reusing the word gimmick. Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Justin's like his podcast army of fans can uh, go after this guy. I'm not saying ours would. I would never endorse uh, no. that kind of behavior, but I'm sure his. I don't know. They, they can do whatever they want, right, Chart? That's right. I mean, so yeah, <laughs> problematic. Well, that's one of yours, surely, right? Oh man, it. Yeah, it gets abused. Wasn't that why you started using it originally? Was because you were like, people say problematic too much. Problematic wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Or, uh, film craft, artisanal, <laughs> fine artisanal film craft. I, I mean, if you listen to our uh, Who Hates segment, you'll oh, figure right. you'll, you'll figure out pretty quick these like expressions, I think. I can't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there... we'll come across them even this very day, I'm sure. I would say uh, the biggest ones that I notice a lot are any read a popular reviewer's horror movie review, any horror movie, and you'll you'll pick up on like a, an assortment of uh, some of the the worst cliche things ever. Edge of your seat, so scary you'll shit your fucking pants. Stuff I, like I mean, that. I wish I wish I read that more often, RJ. That's that's pretty good. 
<laughs> that one's pretty good. Uh, I made myself laugh. As Andreas pointed out, I only laugh at my own. You jokes. do actually. This this is very true. I'm sure people could probably like the only time you laugh is when I read, say, Frank recapping things you've said, and you start laughing at your own your own cleverness. Hey, you know what? It's hard being the top of the pile, Jared. Mm. Heavy as the crown, my man. Heavy as yeah. the crown. Yeah. But no, any any horror movie reviewer, uh, you know what's one thing? It's not even just movies. You know what thing I can't stand anymore, uh, and I see it. It's been happening for years, years and years, but it's like actor or celebrity A, it's like slams actor B over, oh, slams. over C. That's just that that plagues a, a lot of like a particular type of media. Mm-hmm. The, slams. The, 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 yeah, slams. Like minister slams blank. And, Jared Duncan slams new oh, paints. The, the one that was like the, the one that like used to kill uh, me and Corey Lawrence was like being uh, thrown under the bus. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's oh fuck. It was like everywhere for a really long time. Uh, or describing things like as salty, people was like, "Ooh, yeah, or, or yeah." I don't know. Have you, you encountered that before? Yeah, yeah. You know what? One I always hated was a uh, sketchy. It's sketch. like, oh, why, why are you it's, being so sketch? It's pretty sketch. Pretty sketch. And I, I was like, just use a normal word. No. Yeah, salty was one. Um, sketch. Those ones are real spicy. bad. Spicy. Oh, that's spicy. I like spicy because it, I guess uh, these aren't like really maybe necessarily in film reviews. But now mm. we're just talking about cliches we don't like or like I don't know. There's That's this, fine. There's That's this, fair. this great expression I remember coming across called thought terminating cliches, where mm. there's like these words that get crafted in a way that like they there's they just exist and then you're supposed right. to be like yes that is the thing that. I don't know. Language is weird. It gets into your head and you're like, what the fuck? I've never even thought about that word being used that way. Then you just use it over and over and over again. Like unprecedented. Unprecedented. It's like trying mm -hmm. in these trying times. Unprecedented. You you should be a psychologist, Jerry. You'd love this shit. Mm, Would I though? No, but uh, there is a branch of psychology that's all dedicated to language and the uh, language is a tool. I'm sure you would be mildly interested in that. What about semiotics? Yeah, there's some of that too. But uh, I mean, I, I it was never my area. I thought it was interesting. But hey, I just found a <laughs> casual critic on uh, Justin Peterson's 1917 review. And his uh, he says, I just feel the term gimmick sells it short personally. Uh, his comment was also edited, which I feel is highly problematic because wow. now we don't know what he originally said ever. Uh, but favorite films include Return of the King, Empire Strikes Back, Groundhog Day, Into the Wild. And he would like you to know that he's just a guy who likes movies, loves talking about them. <laughs> There's, there you go. Has a lot to learn and see. Better get to go. Better get to it. So, anyways, this guy uh, seems like, uh, it's like I said, I, I never would want to personally attack somebody. But uh, mm-hmm. this guy's five star to all the Animatrix movies. Oh. So good. I don't know what that that means. Goat movie question oh. of the week. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to watch the Disney movie Holes with the kids this week, and I was really amused by nice. John Voight's crazy performance in it. So yeah. what do you think of some of his? Uh, so what do you think some of his greatest performances are? It's crazy to see all the movies that I don't remember him being in, but I will just mm-hmm. go with a fun pick like National Treasure. I would actually have gone with Holes. I love when he. Uh, lays out that dialogue when he goes your character building will be best done by the digging of individual 
Holes. And he really emphasizes it like that. Do you remember that scene in Holes? I, I have never seen Holes. <sighs> well, Mi- Midnight Cowboy comes immediately to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the movie like, oh, Anaconda. <laughs> Anaconda is a good one with him. But it's real good. terrible movie though. But yeah, he's 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 uh entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about uh? Oh, you know what's so good movie coming home, amazing John Voight performance, Varsity Blues. I know you've seen that one, right, Jared? Yes, I have. That's an amazing John Voight performance. I love that movie. I do. Believe I know. John, you- I believe John Voight does think Donald Trump's doing a great job. Last the last time he was asked. I mean, as an individual, as a person, I, I, I don't know. But as an actor in Varsity Blues, John Boyd's pretty incredible. No. Uh, Runaway Train? Uh, that's a good John Voight movie. Is, is it a great performance? I don't know. But Runaway Train? Very cool movie. Yeah. Uh, skimming through The Champ. Look at that. Look at that remake. That wide-eyed kid. Oh, uh, yes, the the Odessa file. I was going to watch the champ once. Once. I did. What is this? What? Deadly Lessons from 2006. Is it good? Like the poster. What the fuck? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) I don't know, dude. You You gotta check out this poster for Deadly Lessons. For deadly lessons? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm getting us. I was like nine pages deep into John Voight stuff. Deadly lessons. Where was this thing? Just look it up on Letterbox. 2006. Oh, God. I'm. God damn. God. Oh. <laughs> oh. It looks like he's got the mumps, man. <laughs> who is that? I don't know who that is. Jarrett, is Deliverance a movie I should watch again? I kind of feel like that one time watching it as a teen was enough. What are some movies you think you will never need to watch again? Oh, my God. Good question. Uh, what are some yeah, movies you'll say, never Yeah, I'd say, yes, watch Deliverance again. Uh, it's, not, it's not as great as people would lead you to believe, but it's like a very watchable movie. It's not like a, uh, like, there's like people who talk about it like it's some like great piece of 70s cinema. I feel like, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm with you on that actually, because I don't. Um, when I watched it, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I didn't re- I, like. I didn't think it was amazing or anything like that. I just, I was like, it's fine. I'd watch it again. But yeah, as far as movies, never to watch again. God, that's like most most movies you probably never need to watch again. Would you watch uh, Anaconda again, Jarrett? Nah, probably not. Mm. Not. I wouldn't choose to. But would I? But would I just sit there if it was like presented? I'm like, yeah, I probably just suffer through it. Mm. Watching it in theater was once enough, and then I've seen it bits and pieces on TV, laughing at John Voight's uh, over-the-top performance. Mm. What about? Would you ever watch? I got nothing. Cool. What about all the Marvel movies? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. Good to know. I finally checked out Come and See a few years back after RJ mentioned how goofy some of the Nazis are in it. Uh, I've never seen Come and See. That's what I thought. Uh, there's, I, is there Nazis in that movie? There is. 
Maybe uh, you know who's a big come and see guy is Frank Santoro. Maybe it was uh, one of the times he was guesting on the podcast. Maybe. Well, I know love, love, come and see my recommendation for that is just like the when it just descends into absolute madness at the end of it. Like it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you just got, you get swept up into it. And you're like, man, this is the only mm-hmm. way to handle this stuff. I loved it back then. And it was fantastic seeing it on Criterion Blu-ray last night. Do you think you will pick up this disc and check it out before you get to it? It's fine. 1035 in 15 years i wonder how many more dumb questions i will come up with for you guys to answer between now and then oh if we're if any of us are still alive eight, I so think. That's, so you got like eight eight hundred eight hundred movies to go actually because what are we at spine 236 this is spine uh, 1035 it's eight, yeah. oh, only 800 to go wow we're so close to it when do you think we'll be done like in a couple weeks Maybe we'll speed we'll speed run it. I'll speed run this life. How about that? Yeah, I need I hundred uh, percent will be buying Come and See on Blu-ray eventually. Um, yeah, yeah, because I've got the old dirty ass Kino DVD that looks like crap. I'm sure the, the what ass dirty. Okay, dirty boy. Okay, just had to clarify. Uh, I could call it stank ass. <laughs> you could have. Yeah, I would have accepted that. Uh, I think everyone would. Uh, I would like to buy this too, but I don't really buy movies. Um, true. And I, I, it was on the Criterion channel for a while, but I think it was one of those weird ones that they only had on there for like a month and then they took it off right away. It'll be back. It'll be back. When it comes back, I'll maybe check it out just because I know, uh, I know the big ride boy himself is a big fan. So maybe I'll check it out for his sake. But, uh, I don't know. I'd, there was actually, there was a Criterion movie I wanted to watch last week and then I saw it was a Criterion. I was like, nah. It's like, I'm not going to do it. Even though it's like six years from now, I was just like, I just, I just can't bring myself to do it, Jared. I just can't do it. Foodie question. I don't recall you guys ever talking about seafood on the show. Being from the coast, I love it all from fish, shrimp, crab, oyster scallops, and even gator tail. Are you, are you guys, are you guys fans of devouring these creatures of the sea? And if so, can you recall your favorite place to get fish and chips? Well, Jared, do you have an answer? Because I have something to say. I love seafood. Which kind? Uh, I'll, eat, I'll, I'll eat any of it, man. Even uh, mussels? Yeah. So the rule on that is you have you, you kind of like either you make it yourself or you know who's making it for you. For you mussels? Yeah. Okay. Because you can get real sick from mussels if someone doesn't know what they're doing. It also takes this one bad muscle and you're fucked. I think what it was... Uh... If they're open before you cook them, throw them out. And if they don't open after you cook them, throw them out. But I guess if you're not cooking them, and that's the and that's the thing with uh, in a kitchen environment is the lack of control. Unless you actually Mm. know who's taking care of it, and like that is their job is to make sure it's keeping you from getting violently ill. That's what I learned from Anthony Bourdain in his book Kitchen Confidential. Sure. But yeah, um, yeah, fish is always delicious. Uh, Shrimp, crab, oyster, scallops. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not really sure about this gator tail thing. Yeah. We don't have gator up here. We, we don't got no gators. We got, we, no we, we got, we got mooses. We got bear once in a bison. while, but b- the b- bison, the bison. Yeah. We got the, the bison. Uh, we have, what is, uh, caribou's caribou's. We have, we have, uh, was it more ter- terrestrial ter- animals? Ter- yeah, ter- yes, not of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fish is awesome. I love, I love that seafood. 
And uh, my favorite place to get fish and chips, well, like years ago, we had Bottomley's, which was pretty decent. And then they moved to a different location. And then they just went out of business one day or something. Uh, there's a place over on the west side that's okay. It's very slow. Mm-hmm. But, you, uh, yeah, so I was going to say, I don't know if you know this, Jarrett, but about a year ago, Creepsville made the front page of Reddit because of that very fish and, fish and chips place called uh, Whitby's or something. Because mm-hmm. one guy uh, said it was his absolute favorite hangover food and he would go there every Sunday and eat it. And he was sad that the restaurant wasn't doing so good. So for about two weeks, mm-hmm. the restaurant had a line out the door. It was like in, in like the news. It was like, I remember. It was like vocal makes front front page of uh, internet local, site. Local boy does good. Does good. Yeah, uh, so that was a that was a big thing for us, for for, us, for for us, for us as a community. Yeah, as a community. Did you say you like oysters? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had an oyster. To be honest, what? Oyster? Yes, yeah, smoked, always... smoked oysters are very good. All you... you do is you just slap it back, right? Um, you don't like chew it, dude. Wow, I mean, there's different ways. Like, if you, so there's like, yeah, you, like you shuck it, uh, like, yeah. like that. Like a like a booger, like Tony Curtis style. Okay, but uh, no, uh, I I usually have like tins, like they're like soaking in the oil. You get you you get your fork or toothpick, you lance them, you pull them out, maybe have it with a cracker, and oh, oh, you're I see delicious. Like I yeah, smoked smoked oysters are great. You know what that reminds me of, Jared? You ever seen the Burbs? the Joe Dante film. Oh, I think we've talked about the Burbs multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where he's uh where Tom Hanks is served sardines and he uh pulls one out, puts it on a cracker and eats it? That's what I feel like you were just describing. I guess. I mean, this isn't this isn't fancy pants stuff. This is like, <laughs> hey, this tastes great. Salty uh, things. Yeah, that's fine. Do you like anchovies on your pizza, RJ? Never you, had. Okay. That's it's pretty good. Salt, very salty, fishy things. How, so, what are your thoughts on the seafood? Uh, I like seafood a lot, man. Uh, salmon is in regular rotation at mm-hmm. our house. Uh, I'm a big salmon boy, um, and uh, yeah, I, li- I like all of them. I like the crabs. I like uh, the La- shrimps, La- lobster, lobsters. Yeah, I I eat I eat most of that stuff. I don't really like. Um, there's certain animals I don't really like eating, but like fish and stuff, it's like fuck them. What have they ever done for me? <laughs> you hear that, Oliver? <laughs> I think he can relate to that. F- hey, uh, Jesus was a pescatarian, so uh, yeah. I mean, you're in a good company there. You, you like um, uh, you like octopi? Oh no, I don't. I, that's one actually. I don't. Ooh. I uh, I don't. I don't like calamari, like squid, just personally. Oh, so good. But I mm. also I actually I don't really like oct- eating octopus because octopus are crazy smart. So I find it problematic. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, do you like having like dolphin steaks then? Uh, I I honestly think eating octopus is the equivalent of eating uh, okay. dolphin. Okay. Because it's they're they're crazy smart, dude. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, I the one thing I was gonna bring up was uh, uh, it's funny that he brought up John Voight because when I was looking at John Voight stuff, I, I checked on Varsity Blues and I my review of Varsity Blues is related to fish and chips. So uh, if if people are interested, they can go look that out. Uh, I, w- I won't I won't recant you with my review here, but uh, if you're interested, Jarrett, there's quite a tale to be told there. All right. So. 
Uh, and for as far as favorite place to get fish and chips, I think like one place that's decent is like that original Joe's bar. They, uh, they, they, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, maybe. I uh, I don't eat fish and chips very often anymore. Bec- you'll you'll you can tell from my review of Varsity Blues, but I used to like it quite a bit. And um, yeah, original Joe's was good. I think that Whipley's place is good. I've, I don't know if I've ever had it anywhere else in town that's still around. Yeah, I mean it's one of those weird foods where like if you go to like a a greasy spoon type of restaurant. They'll have fish and chips on the menu, but it's literally like, yeah, we deep fry fries, and then we take these uh, pre-breaded fish sticks, mm-hmm. and we'll deep fry them for you as well. And here's some, maybe some coleslaw that's also from a jar. And then it's like, yeah, we got some vinegar we can give you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Just maybe some ketchup. That's almost the same thing, right? Almost. but Almost. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm all on board with all those things. Finally, after loving Jaws uh, 1, <laughs> what a weird way to say, Jaws 1, my six-year-old was eager to check out the sequel, and that movie was just as underwhelming as I expected, complete with mm. the shark being able to break through boats and chase down a water skier. What are some of your mm. thoughts of this franchise that really fell flat following the original masterpiece? Thanks for the time, gents. Have a great show. Cheers. Thanks, Justin. Uh, how, how do you feel about the Jaws? Uh, I think jaws one is terrific uh and i honestly i've seen bits and pieces of some of the jaws sequels but uh i i not enough it's not in my memory enough for me to actually form an opinion on that i don't really know to be honest so you might have to take over on that well it's been a really long time i remember renting all those movies many 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 Mm -hmm. summers ago yeah one's like you know it's a masterpiece it's pretty fucking yes. good. Uh, Jaws 2 is a big step down. Quite big, big, yeah. big. It's just like it's like exactly what you'd expect what Jaws 1 should have been, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then Jaws, Jaws 3 scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid. There's like, oh, there's like the scene where like the dead body that's like left in the pool floats by in the tank. That like horrified me so in much. Jaws 3? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like it's fine now, and it's kind of like it's hilarious that. But when I was a kid, oh, it was too much, too much. So yeah, Justin, you should definitely get your kids to watch uh, Jaws three. See if it has the same effect. Maybe they're smarter than I was as a lad. And then Jaws four is terrible. Michael Caine, oh, so pointless because it has nothing to do with anything. It's just like its own story almost. It's like a remake. Mm-hmm. But like, and it's like this whole idea of like honing in and revenge. All of them have that though. Or mm-hmm. you can check out Orca the Killer Whale. That's cool. Is that kind of like Blackfish? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What about Free Willy? Are you a Free Willy guy? Oh my god, that's a movie I don't think no? about at all. No. Why not? You should think about that. I should. I should. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Corpse corpse no subject sup you creepy fucks just wanted to write in to laugh at rj for breaking his arm there really aren't a a ton of good skateboarding movies are there when you guys were talking about it last week the first movie that popped in my head was the taint i know rj Mm. seen this one with the movie climaxing in an epic conclusion where a protagonist rides around on an old school skateboard while blasting a whole slew of dicks off with his trusty six shooter as we speak i'm adding one of those badass old school skateboards with the pointy nose and flat tail to my amazon wish list 
I also noticed that RJ went ahead and watched Kids without hearing what the fans had to say this week. I know he'll hate it, but for me, Kids was that forbidden movie that my friends and I found in one of uh, parents' collections. Man, when we were younger, mm. who are your parents? And lent it out to everyone we could because of the risque subject matter. Mm-hmm. We love that movie, and at one point in my life, I found it very relatable, minus the rape and AIDS, of course. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that he uh, made the distinction. He, there. I'm, yeah, you got to be what, more of a Telly, less of a Casper. What? No. Uh, there's no winning. <laughs> there's no winning. Also, yeah. whenever I do some sort of physical activity that causes my legs to be sore the next day, I like to sing the I Have No Legs song. Other movies that fit into the Forbidden Treasures category for me were Requiem for a Dream, which I see RJ gave the coveted five stars on Letterboxd, and Spun, which neither of you have logged, so I say check her out. Do you guys have any similar experiences of finding a shocking or disturbing movie when you were younger and secretly telling your friends about it? Keep up the good work, fellas, and creep it real. Sincerely, Corpse. You know, just when you think corpse is gone, he pulls his way back in. He climbs, right, out, he climbs out from the morgue. I've uh, I've never heard of Spun by Jonas Ackerland. I have heard of Spun. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard really good things about it. This is the first recommendation I think I've ever read for the movie. It's on Amazon Prime and wow. Tubi. Ooh. Like, so, I love that Tubi. More than one way to watch. It's got uh, your buddy Mickey Rourke in it. Forbidden cinema. Yeah, what, what's in your forbidden pile? Uh well, so there's the E. Elias Marenge movie. Uh, what the hell's it called? Begotten. Was, oh yeah, was one of those movies where it's like, oh man, this exists, but no one watches yeah. it because it's it's a chore. Uh, there's there's a challenge movie. But he's working on his restoration of it. That and I think the last time I signed up for like a newsletter to like notify me when the Blu-ray came out was mm-hmm. like years ago now, and it still hasn't materialized. So who knows? But that's that's a movie I think for the uh, the Actium set. For the Actium, yeah, set? I'm, I'm sure Scarecrow's got that. I'm sure on, okay. on VHS or something. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'd be curious to read a review of that one. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Was there any movies that you would uh, terrorize people with other than maybe well, Happiness and Gummo? I will say, so I know other people that are also, like, corpse people that were really into kids. And then also, like, were really like, yeah, I get this. It's relatable. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Skater dudes. I, 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 don't, I don't know if these people are alive or dead. I don't know. Uh, you haven't checked in on them lately? Well, see, because, well, and we're going to talk about it pretty soon, right? But in my uh, opinion, I think Kids is an amazing monster movie. It, it's like, okay. that's that's how I read it as. Like, Telly is a, is a monster, and these are, like, okay. like bad bad folk. And, like, it's, like, so unrelenting in its tone that I think it is kind of a, a masterwork. Not a, maybe not a masterpiece. Larry Clark directing. I think it's the best thing he's directed. And uh, Harmony Corinne writing that screenplay as the kid. Talking about his own life, his experience. Then then mo- mo- moving on to bigger things, like Beach Bum, you know? It's all there. It's all there. RJ looks so so excited to talk about yeah. kids. It's totally his style of movie. Uh, oh, yeah, is, totally. is there anything we're not addressing in this? Do you have any uh, Forbidden Cinema? I don't feel like, RJ, you were part of the Forbidden Cinema Club. Oh, I think there's, like, anime. There's, like, the real, like, fucked up anime stuff. Like what? Uh, Legend of the Overfiend. La Blue Girl, Violent mm. Jack, 
Violence Jack? Yeah, that stuff. I, like where it's like, whoa, or Ninja Scroll, dick blowing action. Uh, well, uh, I, I I only ask so I can uh, take note of what not to watch in the future. Because whatever you found forbidden would uh, surely be uh, <laughs> among my top picks, right, Jer? I, I mean, uh... I I don't know about like forbidden, but I actually used to show. Uh, Requiem for a Dream to my friends too because I was like I was kind of like this movie's fucked up. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it's no uh, Brocket ninety nine tapes, I guess. <laughs> that is uh that's definitely some uh some local forbidden fruit. Uh, I uh, I think the three people from uh, Creepsville will uh, get a will know exactly what you're talking about. And now everyone's gonna have to look it up. They'll look it up and they'll be like. Why are you? Why are they talking about this? And then, and then the digger, the the deeper you dig, the more you'll discover about where we live and uh, our local uh, city councilman. <laughs> what? Any, any any anything you want to say to corpse? Mocking, uh, laughing at you breaking your arm? He's he's gonna buy a, a fucking skateboard and show you how it's done. Well, I mean, if he's interested, uh, I I have one available, and I, I am a motivated seller. Jared. So, uh, okay. I mean, this is, I'll sign it and this will be the skateboard that broke, uh, my body. So, I mean, globally recognized podcast co-host, I don't know. What do you say? Like two grand starting bid for this? Oh, it, it, that is legendary. Yeah. Well, it broke a bone in my body, Jared. So what do you think? Like how much would you pay for this, uh, <laughs> this thing? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the next email. <laughs> okay, no, uh, it's good to hear back from uh, back from Corpse. Uh, I wonder when uh, when Corpse is gonna grace us with uh, their presence. Yeah, when when are you coming on the show, bud? I don't know. We we got we got a three booked up for the next uh, two months already. Things are booking up. Mm-hmm. Booking up. All right, who who's next? Well, next up we got Rob Eagle. Uh oh, what did he get into? With an email entitled "But B U T." Not TT and dump. Button dump? Button dump. Hi, Chris. This week, I again watched John Carpenter's The Thing, which I always enjoy. Yet, I've often wondered why I don't enjoy it more. I think it's the practical creature effects. Yes, they're a technical wonder, and every time I watch the movie, I marvel at the work that went into them when I should be engrossed in the movie. An obvious comparison is with Alien, which wisely offers mere glimpses of the creature, making Alien the scariest guy in a suit pick I ever saw. I think uh, I'd have yeah. enjoyed the thing more if the creature was much less visible. Which brings me to a suggestion for a new podcast feature entitled Butt and Dump, a great movie marred by one thing, which, in your opinion, should be dumped for mm. the good of the film. For example, I guess RJ likes aliens, but for the presence of Mr. Bill Paxton, yep. whom RJ mm-hmm. would see dumped from said show. Mm-hmm. I have to say I disagree with your esteemed colleague and would hazard a guess I'm in the majority who enjoys Paxton's performance. Yeah, the majority. You know what? Uh, we all know what the majority does now. Am I right, Jared? Game over, man. Game over, Bill man. Paxton's amazing, RJ. Amazing. Uh, allegedly. Amazing. I'm allegedly. wondering if any other listeners have a movie that they like, but for a small detail they sh- feel should be dumped. Regards, Raw Beagle. I also enclosed pictorial evidence of the devastation coronavirus is causing on one of our beloved movie stars. Uh-oh. And uh, I have to now send this to RJ. 
Where's this getting sent? Facebook or uh, yeah, we'll send it to the Facebook. It's okay, tr- and it's true. I mean, it's very upsetting. Uh, so is this a creeps uh, vocal legend or? Uh, oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> I, for one, would like to know <laughs> where he got access to said picture uh, because my Facebook is private and I don't know where these pictures are coming from. So, uh, but I appre- I will put this out on the Instagram this week. Uh, as I should have mentioned earlier, I'm doing a whole week of fan-submitted uh, pictures and memes. So I'll put this... <laughs> I'll put this out uh, sometime in the next couple days. Oh, but man. my question remains: <laughs> How are you getting on my Facebook? I thought my settings were private. This is a huge, glaring security hazard if uh, if it is not true. So, if you Google my name, is, is that where it comes <laughs> up? Let's see. Uh, one last email from okay. the man, the legend, Actium Jackson Maximus. Oh, baby, Sister Act. Het, het creeps. Het, oh, het creeps. Hope this isn't too late. I just wanted RJ to know I will be watching this Sister Act franchise tonight. Fucking you better, buddy. Yeah. You better. You owe me. Big, big uh, time. Uh, I'll mention. Uh, I'll get into it. But, okay. Uh, well, that all being said, that's the end of emails. Thank you, everybody. Uh, uh, yes. Thank you. And uh, highly, highly problematic, uh, Mr. Rob Eagle. But you know what? You know what? I'm okay with it because uh, it's pretty funny. So yeah, I, like I, I, will, I will post it later in the next day or two. Hey, RJ. Yo. What you been creeping on this week? Well, Jer, what would you like to hear about first? I would like to hear about kids. All right. So, uh, so I was I was approached by a man. Over the course of last week, mm-hmm. a man named only Max Actium Jackson Maximus, and uh, he proposed a—I don't know how to describe it—a um, an accoutrement, a quid pro quo, a, <laughs> a quid pro quo, something of the sort. And uh, his—it was, was a beautiful exchange. It was it was a good exchange. So uh, as it was broached last week, it was the idea of skateboarder movies and how kids popped up. So Actium Jackson Maximus uh, messaged me and he said, you should 100% watch kids. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, man. And I said, you find... Uh, I looked and it was not available on any streaming platforms up here. I checked to just watch. So I was like, I had it. I had a, I had a, my cart, my ace in the hole. I was like, I'd love to watch it, but it's not available on any of the, the platforms I have. Uh, and then he responded with a link to the full movie on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I went, shit. So uh, I was caught in my own, uh, my own play there. So uh, I played myself. So I was like, all right. I'll fucking do it. And, and I I had a free night, actually. So I was like, all right, I'll do it right now. So I watched it. And then, uh, you know, Actium Jackson Maximus, he uh, he stepped up to the challenge and he said, you know what? He's like, you did it. 
He's like, I'll do you one better. He's like, I'll watch Sister Act two back in the habit. And then he uh, he asked, he was like, do I need to watch Sister Act one to understand it? And I said, I told him, I was like, you got to do what feels right, buddy. I was like, you probably should, but uh, do what do whatever. So the whole week, I'm not even going to lie. I was refreshing his page on Letterboxd because I was like, where is it? When is it coming? Where where is it? So uh, I'm glad to hear that he's actually uh, actually going to do it. So I watched this movie, Jarrett, called mm-hmm. Kids. Kids. Tell me what you know about Kids. Well, it is a it's part of the the, the the scene as described by Corpse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, it, it's a movie that came out in theater somewhere in the world. People talked about it. It's called Kids. It sounds like mm-hmm. it should be for everybody. It's a it's like it's gonna be a kids movie, but it's about kids, RJ. It's about real sure kids, is. real shitty kids. And uh, this real lived experience of some kids in the world and what what they're really doing out there, out in the, out in the streets, when their parents are at work in New York City. Harmony Corinne being one of these skate kids, one of these, mm-hmm. uh, boy, what, what are they up to? And it's worse than you ever could imagine, RJ. That's kind of like, that's like the vibe that kids gave in the context of when it came out. I had no mm-hmm. idea. When I was a kid, I had no idea what kids was about. I just like, I remember seeing the cover and being like, what's that? That looks like a boring, dra- like a boring mm-hmm. drama that like is like what adults watch. But instead it's like, Oh, it's a scare. Oh man. It's your worst nightmares come true. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. And it was, I don't know. It seemed like always the bad kids that I knew in school were like really mm-hmm. into kids. And I was like, Oh, sure. I don't, I don't want to be into this. And then, Finally, like sometime around 2000 or so, uh, I finally got to know some people who had seen kids and they talk about, oh man, it's so fucked up. It it would fit into like the same shelf as like clerks, even though they're such different movies. But like when people were buying VHS tapes, because like I I want it for my collection, that would be a movie that was like a staple uh, Mm -hmm. of people's like first movies they're like oh yeah this is like this is what you want you gotta have like kids in the hall brain candy you have to have kids well corpse's parents had kids apparently someone's someone's parents well if you were ever a parent you'd probably you do own kids right i i do have kids on dvd i have the whole harmony korean collection i got some of that julian donkey boy i got that and i got that gummo i got mr mr lonely trash humpers you know, if the cops ever came to your house, Jarrett, there would be a, what is it? What's the expression cops use? An orgy of evidence to uh, <laughs> to pin you to? I, I believe that would be in the report. There's a box to check. That'd be in the minor, minority report for sure. Uh, so, yeah, huh. I mean, so I came to kids later than some. And sure. I watched it. I've seen it several times. It's, uh, I think, a an achievement of... Uh, like you, you, people don't make movies like this at all. They could, there's no real comparison point in its rawness. It's been years since I've seen it. Maybe mm-hmm. it hasn't, maybe it hasn't aged incredibly well. I don't know, but like, it's just one of those movies that it's like a go-to of an iconic cinema for me. Like we're just like, what, what else is like this? And that's kind of what I want when I watch movies to be kind of excited, even if it might be uh, abhorrent stuff. Uh, I have no idea how the, uh, the greasiness of the movie plays out. Uh, there's probably entire, um, there's entire things I probably don't remember at all, and I, if I watch it again, I'd be like, "Fuck!" But I remember when I rewatched Gummo, and I was like, "Man, this movie holds up so well, it's so great." Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, and like, yeah, like I was kind of saying, 
there's people that I know that they, 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 I think they get the wrong message out of kids, which is terrifying. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, they're like, they're like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like, I want more of that. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, cause, the movie, Cause the movie doesn't like, it tries to not pass judgment in itself. It's just presenting this vision that you never see in movies. Uh, yeah. Calm down. I know you want to talk about, I know you want to get some things off your chest, but. I was just trying to move my mic, and uh, there's a cat in my lap at the same Aww. time, so it's like uh, slow yours. It's a little. Hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, that's right. that's good audio right there. <laughs> but it's like burrowing into your skull. It's like the audio version of kids. Yeah. So that. Let me tell you about. Kids. Okay, tell me about kids. So I watched this movie. Uh, I think some of the greasiness. Uh, it's still a very dirty, greasy movie, but I feel like we have dirtier, greasier things now, okay. somehow. So, like, even though it's got uh, that New York City grime to it, uh, I do think, like, there's there's obviously some pretty pretty foul stuff in it. But uh, in terms of movies that you've made made me watch, I don't think it's uh it's quite up there with some of the the foul things that uh, <laughs> I've seen from uh, the library of Duncan. Okay. Uh, so, that being said, I I can understand the appreciation for the movie, and I understand the the implications that are not not even impl- the connection that certain individuals have. Like, say, someone who was a teenager who was either acting out or maybe didn't fit in. And so they kind of went with a certain group. These group or this group in the movie is the skate kids who also do lots of drugs. And it's like, okay, I know a lot of those guys, Jerry. I've been to a lot of those places. Uh Like when they go to that apartment and it's just the drug house. Uh It's like, Mm -hmm. I've been to that house in high school quite a few times. All that that premarital sex. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've seen those things. Uh, I mean, not personally, but I like not personally partook. But I was there when other people were doing stuff, and I've been into those trap houses. So you're just like, whoa. Um, so I do understand where it's like, uh, I, I wouldn't use the word relate, but it's like where kids can somehow relate to like an aspect of it, not necessarily all the HIV and the rape and stuff like that, but the aspect of uh, like a kid who's not really not really like being looked after kind of doing their own thing, just kind of wandering around getting in with other kids who are also doing their own thing. So I get it, Jared. I get it. I get it, Jared. Jared, I get it. Jenny, it's me, Casper. So that said, one thing that I find problematic, (laughs) uh, is I actually, one of the things is like these movies, I understand why some people like them, but at the same time, I don't. I don't really understand where like the interest in some of these things comes comes from where it's like it's like I know a, mo- the majority of people watching it be like, yeah, I'm not like it's like I like the movie, but I don't like the rape stuff. And it's like, but that kind of is the movie in a sense. But the thing that I find problematic, Jared, is the depiction of teenage sexuality and i know we've had this conversation before where i think one of the points you made is that teenagers do this stuff that's very true teenagers do that stuff however i find it problematic when teenagers are doing 
sexual things on camera and they are teenagers because I feel like it's almost dipping into this cat, this like <laughs> this realm of film where it's like, uh, I don't want to like say anything, but it's like, I find like the people who make some of these movies, is it because they're interested in that or like, like what, it, what is, where does that come from? Do you know what I mean? Well, is I my will point s- coming across. Yeah, no, I mean, no. So yeah. So Larry, I, so, so Larry Clark, Larry Clark, yeah is like this is kind of a, a a touchstone of his style like all his movies pretty well come back to this like de- this frank depiction of like adolescent like sexual development he mm-hmm. comes back to this over and over again his photography is about this subject matter too he he seems to like really like like taking photographs of twinks shirtless shirtless young men He's very much okay. like long, lots of, and it's always like slender young bodies, women and boys. Um, he has he has a he has an aesthetic consistency, and sure. and I think it'd be fair to like wonder, huh, Larry, what's up? What's up with this, Larry? Larry, yeah, and- Larry, what's up? And then because like Ken Park, uh, Bully, like all this stuff, like there's stuff you're like like there's a shot in the movie Bully that is like I don't know ingrained in my head because you're like. What the fuck? That's an angle I never expected to see, but here we are. But yeah, Larry Clark. I mean, what, what are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you understand, and it's not coming off like me being t- typical RJ getting uh, I don't know, talking about stuff that maybe isn't there. But I even when I was watching this movie, and there's like not even just the the sexual scenes, but like some of the like. Some of the nudity in the movie, I was like, wait a minute. And I went to like the IMDb, DP, IMDb page and I checked out like the ages of some of the actors and actresses. And it's like, well, they were like 16, 17 years old. It's like, is that is that right? <laughs> like that's kind of like when the movie was released, they were like 17 years old. I think the only kid that was like over, of the kids that was over 18 was like the main actor. He was like. 19 or 20 everyone else was under 18 so i was kind of like it's like uh, i don't know man i don't know about this <laughs> so uh that was uh that was a big matzo ball kind of looming over me for this thing uh <laughs> present throughout uh and then you do have like i mean the rape scene is pretty like vile <laughs> uh, but that's self-explanatory or like that's self-evident yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, when they beat when they uh, beat the shit out of that guy with their, all their skateboards and stuff. And I was just thinking, I think my age is showing now because even though I wanted to be a skateboarder, skater boy, when you see kids that like just beat up people for like pretty much no reason, you're just like fucking kids. <laughs> These punk kids and their skateboards. No good. No good kids. So it's like my, my take on t- kids, Jared, is I can see why there's certain appeal to it but i also think there are a lot of issues at the heart of kids that i find (laughs) irreconcilable irreconcilable for me where it's like i don't understand this i don't know why why this is something that is exists kind of if that makes sense so i i mean that's probably i bet i'm being a little bit more like not as harsh as people were expecting, but uh, there's def- there's definitely things in kids where I was kind of like, man, man, I just well, don't know. Yeah, I mean, 
then you got our lead, Telly, um, Leo Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you mm-hmm. recognized him. He's a, he was a character in The Wire, Johnny Weeks. And uh, oh, yeah. he also uh, famously, I, th- I think famously, he played uh, the character Marcus in the Todd Salons movie, Storytelling, where he plays a man with cerebral palsy. Really? No. Really? And uh, how is that performance? Uh, pretty goddamn convincing. It's, it's, yeah? it's pretty, pretty like, I don't know. I think it's a pretty amazing performance. Like, it's like, how the fuck did they do this? Huh. Okay. No, he's like, yeah, he's part of the, the nebula that RJ is not a part of. I think there's a lot of nebulas that I'm not a part of, Jared. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. So, uh, that's kids. That's kids. Yeah. You, you, kids. you, you, you took it, you crossed it off the bucket list. Yeah. And now I'm just waiting for, uh, for, for that sweet, sweet sister act to mm-hmm. grace us on Jackson's timeline. Revenge. His regular followers that follow him for his <laughs> transcendental abstract art movies are going to be well, probably maybe, surprised. Maybe, maybe uh, Jackson's been like uh, ramping up. I mean, he, he watched Twins the other week. Oh, he did. Oh. So he'll be in prime form. That's right. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I will I will briefly tell you about another movie because uh, I think you have vague interest in it. And then I will hit you with Star Trek. Okay. Jared, you ever heard of VFW? I have heard of VFW. Do you own this movie? Did you buy it at no, Walmart? No, I, 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 I tried to. I figured that okay. uh, all Wally Mart would have this because and for like 15 bucks on Blu-ray or something like that. Because on a subject matter wise, this is like totally in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> wheelhouse. But uh, I also have a lot of trepidation when it comes to the director of Joe Be- Behos. Joe Behos? That sounds uh, Hungarian. The, the, J, uh, J.C. Suska could uh, J.P. Suska. Well, I think it's Bego, Begos, Bejos, or something like that. But Behos. Uh, Behos. He directed The Mind's Eye, which is a Scanners knockoff, I guess. Almost Human, which is like another. Like, these are all like John Carpenter-ish movies. It's all part of the the Mandy world and the Astron Astron Six kind of nebula. I feel that could either be good or it could be really not good. And uh, I haven't seen any of his movies at all. But mm-hmm. they pop up. That Bliss sounds like it might be more up my alley. I think that's on Shutter. If you if you're oh, interested to give it a check. Okay. Is and how, what about that VFW? Not on Shutter. Mm. Uh, I would. So I was in a. So my my description of this movie will be brief for you because it wasn't a, an authentic viewing. Uh, I was. Um, I was in kind of like a party setting a little bit. So I, I was watching it, but uh, there were a few times where I wasn't, it, it didn't have my full attention. So uh, I won't be, I won't give you my hard sell on this. But um, Jared, what do you think about synth? Synth? Um, I am f- fine with it in the context you of, of YouTube videos. Oh, okay. What do you think of Neon. Uh, you know, I feel like that's kind of a thing right now. I think there's a lot of synth and neon happening in these genre movie pieces that in no sure. way resemble the thing that they're trying to emulate. It's mm-hmm. very much a pastiche. Okay. A pastiche, uh, kind of like Mandy? Like Mandrew, yes. Oh, like Mandrew. Okay. Uh, VFW is pretty good, Jared. Mm-hmm. I think you would actually like it more than Mandy. Okay. 
Uh, I don't want to say that I think you would really like it or anything. Well, like I mean, that. I think you'd be okay with this movie. What's encouraging is it has uh, one George Went in it. Yes, it does. That was my first reaction too. I went George Went. My God! It also has uh, Fred Williamson, mm-hmm. not Sex Machine, but uh, the other guy, uh, William Sadler. I know you're a big fan of his and his performance in uh, The Green Mile. Um, Stephen Lang, Martin Cove, David Patrick Kelly, uh, all sorts of old men. Right, Jarrett. All sorts of old men. Vets. So, Vets. So this movie's kind of hilarious in us in the setup. It's like a kind of goofy premise, but it's it's played pretty straight. Where um, it's a world where it's like it talks. So it starts off with a little text description of the opioid crisis, Jarrett. <laughs> So it's like the opioid crisis is out of control. And it's like to meet demand, drug dealers created a new synthetic drug called hype. And it's like and people are going wild. So it's like it's like hopped up opiates. Uh, and then the cities are being overtaken by drug addicts, jer- junkies, junkies. Goddamn. Uh, one of the one of the saving refuges is the veterans of foreign wars uh, little clubhouse clubhouse bar um it's right across from one of the the main hubs of the junkie central uh these guys all hang out they're all from different wars they talk about their their old days you know Jarrett, like any good veteran would uh some of the junkies run amok someone steals something ends up in their in their bar and then all of the hopped up super junkies super (laughs) shredder junkies are attacking the vfw okay it's a siege movie it is a siege movie. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, the person I, I was watching it with uh, described it as a video game movie, and it's yeah. very, very much like a video game movie. It's like horde mode. I don't know if you're familiar with horde mode, Jarrett, where you have a wave of yeah, bad guys okay. and then a break, mm-hmm. and then a wave of bad guys and then a boss, yes, and then a break. And so it's it plays out a lot like that. Uh, it's pretty good, man. Um, it's got a ton of gore and like uh, like heads blowing up yeah. bodies blowing up stuff yeah. like that so i was on board with that whereas uh i think the last siege movie i watched was that mayhem thing and i was like oh it sucks like it did, didn't have any uh violence or gore i was like they always cut away at stuff i was like man not into that um you're not going to walk away from vfw with a new sense of accomplishment i guess or anything like that like the there's nothing like about the dialogue or the movie itself that are stand out like uh i don't know stand out too much but like just as a fun little 90 minute movie Jarrett. that's right 90 minutes uh it's pretty good like uh, it's just a bunch of old dudes blowing up bodies so uh i think you could appreciate that 100 percent. okay yeah i mean i when given the opportunity with a physical copy i will jump on it speaking of physical copies just to interrupt yeah. quick finally after i think two months a copy of the house that jack built director's huh? cut on blu-ray Uh-oh. has arrived and is in my hands so wow huge wow the director's cut you say yes the real the real deal so it's got all those unedited scenes left in mm-hmm. i've heard uh, i've heard people talk about watching that movie in uh film festivals and with the actual scenes left in and it being quite the sight. Wow. Like, so, uh, so finally, I can actually finally get this Lars Von Trier out of the way. 
Maybe that'll break you uh, break you back into watching movies for maybe, a week. Maybe. So yeah, VWF's not bad, man. I think you would enjoy it maybe with uh, your your ragtag group of dudes who watch movies sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, so no, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I also watched Turbo Kid, but uh, that one was um, I was a little. It, it was cool, uh, but I didn't I didn't get it didn't have my full attention. So yeah. I'll watch it again one day and I'll talk about it then. No. So, anyways, you want to hear about some Star Trek? Jerk? Yeah, I want to hear about that Trek. So I that's what that's seasons. what we're all here for. Oh, yeah. I know this is a Star Trek podcast. It always has been. It's it's just how it is, right, Jerry? So I finished season five. Oh, uh, so I, I'm my current clip is half a season a week. That's thirteen episodes. That's intense. How's the arm, by the way? Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's still, I, I, know, uh, I know there's no sling. I, I don't wear it at home as much anymore, uh, just because it gets uh, uncomfortable. But I, I do ice it still. It's still bruised, even two weeks later. I got x-rays today, and the doctor said it looks like it's healing nice. That's good. But uh, they also said it'll probably be another three weeks before it's healed. So it is what it is, right? But it's giving me more time to watch Star Trek. Big dog. Big. I should pull up the IMDb in case... Uh, you question any of these episodes because some of my descriptions are pretty, pretty skimp. So it's like, I don't even remember how, how is the second half of season five? Uh, I don't think it is as hot as the first half. Mm -hmm. Not, not quite that first half. They came in hot, left cold. Yeah. Well, not, not even cold. It's just, uh, that first half of season five is some serious shit. And then now it's, uh, the second half, there's a few duds. So, 514, Space Amnesia, one star. 515, Mind Control, one star. I've mentioned many times. I don't like either of those things. So uh, 14, Space Amnesia. Everyone on the ship gets Space space Amnesia, and they don't know what the roles are. And it's fine, but, like, I don't totally – I don't really like those episodes because – there's never any consequences except Riker, horny Riker and uh, Ensign Roe are in a relationship. And you're like, ooh, but that hasn't been addressed yet again. So, uh, and then there was mind control, which who was even mind controlled in this one? Fuck, I don't remember. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the epi- power play. A lost ship is found on a planet where cosmic storms prevented detection. Oh, fucking all of them get mind controlled. Like Deanna Troy, Data, and. Uh, Reich, someone else, and they're walking around like being the bad guys on the ship. But it's like I said, I don't like mind control, Jerry. I don't like it. Anyways, uh, 516, Hillary Clinton makes Worf quadriplegic three out of four stars. Was this a botched uh, surgery? It was the, yeah, it's where a, a barrel falls on Worf oh, yeah. and I can't walk anymore. Yeah, you get like that real weird uh, Klingon spine action. Oh, it's got like like barbs like sticking yeah. out of it. you're like damn that's cool i've seen a lot of things lately about klingons having two dicks and i don't really understand <laughs> where it's coming from and i i don't know if this is like some weird online like sex forum thing mm. it's troublesome troublesome i'm sure it's so accurate though I, it could be i don't know i'm not gonna look into it so uh 517 horny riker versus conversion therapy three out of four stars so they, they come across an androgynous race, and uh, one of them falls in love with Riker, and then they, they undergo conversion therapy, Jared. For uh, 1992, this is pretty racy stuff. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, good episode, though. 518. Jonathan Frakes presents Christopher Nolan's Star Trek. Four out of four stars. Whoa, wait, what? What? Ca- cause and effect. The Kelsey Grammer episode. Oh, yeah, that episode's good. It is good, man. It is good. So, uh, they directed just keep by. Pull, they uh, keep crashing. They keep crashing. Directed by uh, our, our man, Riker, Horny Riker himself. Mm-hmm. Episode starts, the Enterprise explodes, and then it starts again, and then a couple minutes more you see, and then it explodes. And then it starts again. A couple of minutes more, you see, and explodes. It was a good episode. I liked it. I was like, yeah. And then at the end, Fraser Crane comes in, and you're like, God damn, what are you doing, Fraser? That's right. Cool dude. Uh, 519, Wesley, you little piece of shit. Two out of four stars. Oh, yeah. So this is one where he's in cadet school, yes. and one of the cadets dies. And then, like, even Picard is like, you say something. Don't be a piece of shit. And he still doesn't say anything. And you're just like... Fuck your piece of shit, Wesley. He eventually said something last minute when it's almost too late. It's like he should have said something right away if he's such a good little guy. Am I right, Jer? Yeah. No, I I, I vaguely remember that episode uh, and being like, it's just like it's like courtroom dramas, right? Yeah. And a lot of like, oh, why aren't you saying what happened? I don't mind. And then, you, the and, then you, and then finally you get to the end, and this is why. It's like, oh, this is Matlock. Yeah. This is a goddamn Matlock episode. It is. It is. I didn't even mind the courtroom drama stuff. It was more that they build Wesley up to be this like beacon of like fortitude or something, and like will and like morals. But then in this one, he's just like, I don't wanna. And you're like, fucking little piece of shit. Uh, Five twenty. Moxana v. Alexander. Once one. Out oh, of was it the mud bath one? This is the mud bath oh, fuck. It's uh, God. not everything See, in the episode is bad. These but, are the uh, things I remember. Well, well, I don't. This is like a very high profile Jarrett wouldn't like episode because it's <laughs> it's Luxana Troy and Alexander and they partnered <laughs> up for an episode where it's just like who who fucking wrote this thing? Oh, that mud bath always looks so gross. It does look gross. It's not, and Worf gets in that mud bath. Yeah. Oh, and they slide in and just like, oh. mm-hmm. cost mm-hmm. of living. Just, just not great. Uh, here's one 5.21 Worf Flamen, two out of four stars. So I don't know if you know what the Flemin response is, Jarrett. You ever seen like a bull and a cow walks by and the bull's upper lip like curls up and shows its teeth and it's like, oh, 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 oh. Like primates do it too. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Look up Baboon Fleeman. Oh yeah, I've seen. Oh, I fucking seen that. So yeah. this episode, so Worf lays down a Fleeman. So there's this like, uh, there's this thing. Uh, Jean Grey from X Men comes on board, and uh, she's like, Ooh. she is ideal for every every person. She's the perfect mate, and everyone falls in love with her. And Worf does that disgusting lip display. And I was mm-hmm. like, oof, creepy. Uh, not a bad episode. Two out of four. Uh, five twenty-two. An alien catfishes a little girl. Two out of four stars. Shit. Big, big stuff. Uh, five point two three. In what world, Beverly, do you think that saving a Borg is a good idea? Was she not there before? What the fuck? is up with you bev are you that naive three out of four stars this is i borg uh, uh hugh 
Hugh. Yeah, I Borg with Hugh. Uh, it's actually a good episode, mm-hmm. but I find the setup bad because it is like, because Bev's like, we have to save it even if it is a Borg. And it's like, what? It's like, after all the shit that's happened with the Borg? What? So the episode is good, but I found the setup problematic. You think As, you think the doctor should be all about like vaporizing living beings, bone style? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's the Borg, all they've had is problems with the Borg, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I got uh, three more. Five twenty-four transporter ghosts or something. I don't know. Two out of four stars. Jordy and Roe become ghosts. Five point twenty-five. Picard tie-dye farm amnesia, two out of four stars. This is where aliens put uh, oh put him on a farm. Shit, it's not. This like it's not bad. This is like one of the. That's like I think one of the most uh, highly rated episodes. Yeah, I that, see. I'm seeing that now. It's a nine point five, which is like one of the highest ratings yes. I've seen for Star Trek. That that becomes a uh, integral episode to like next generation mythos. People, oh, talk- shit. it is. It's the highest rated episode. Yeah. And, and, you, and you, what did you just drop on that? Two? Two out of four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. For bu- bucking, bucking the trend. Yeah, well, I never... Okay, I will say, I've never been that crazy about that episode either. Well, so I don't... I don't know about you, but it's my long-standing things where it's like stuff like... It's an amnesia episode. And I don't like amnesia episodes. I think they're dumb. Well... Where yeah. he like wakes up and he's like... he. He does remember the Enterprise, but they're like, no, you, you've lived here your whole life. And he's like, I guess I do. Oh, uh, inner light. Because, like, yeah, he's, like, with his family, and he learns how to play, like, space instrument, the yeah. the, the lute, flute thing. And then, like, at the end of it, he's playing it dreamily because he, he, he still remembers how to do it. And that that's, like, constant. Like, he'll always do that now. Uh, I mean, that's... Picard references it. He has a vineyard and all that shit later. Uh, oh, yeah. Inner light, inner light is uh, like one of the the key episodes that everyone hangs their hat on. Even though I remember as a kid being like, "This is boring." <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's like, this ain't no Akiru, folks. No, it's not. It's okay. It's just it's, as I, I don't like the amnesia stuff because for whatever reason. And then the last episode, five twenty six, Data the Cattle Rustler. Uh, I'm between two and three out of four. This is where he gets sent back to the Wild West. Oh, it's okay. With, it's, it's Time's Arrow. Oh, fuck. And with Mark Twain. Mark Twain and uh, Jack London also oh, appears for yeah. a little bit. So I remember when that episode aired, and I remember like, oh, waiting for that cliffhanger. Because, there's because yeah, Data's head. They find oh, Data's yeah. head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's okay. But uh, as far as season finales go, they, uh, they already had the top of the top with uh, season three. So what are you going to do, right? It's true. So, anyways, that's my Star Trek, and uh, that's all I got. Hot damn. Yeah, what about you, bud? Uh, nothing. Nothing. I don't, Good. Yeah, I don't think I watched a goddamn anything. Nothing. It's okay. We've already been here for two hours. That's fine. Yeah. Well, an hour and a quarter, hour and 45. Oh, I gauge it on how bad I have to pee, so it feels like four I see. Hours. Well, you got any news you want to talk about? But nope. I, I have to pee real bad. What about uh, Tenet? Yeah, I mean, it's the right call. Delayed indefinitely. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't come out. Yeah, but, delayed indefinitely. I think the biggest news, though, of the week, RJ, was mm-hmm. the, the stunning, stunning uh-huh. rendition of one uh, 
seven of seven of Borg nine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually so when I had when I when we had talked about the Ernest Borg nine Borg, I had never really pieced together the seven of Borg nine, but it actually it works a lot better than anything we ever dreamed. And I have to say that uh, you sent that along my way, uh, to which I went, fuck. Because it's uh, we ha- I have that suicide pact uh, with uh, Vivian now to get that tattooed. However. Are you going to have, like, it, so how, is that, how does this work? I don't know if you've explained this. Well, there I, I did state, and, and this, is, this is what we'll stick to. I will only get it once it's been funded uh, by our OnlyFans account. So once the OnlyFans creates enough of the uh, enough capital, uh, I would say it's probably going to be about two hundred bucks is what that tattoo will cost. (laughs) And that's actually I I think I'm being somewhat accurate. I have a lot of tattoos. I think even small. I think that thing would be around two hundred bucks. Holy shit. So where where do you think I should get that on my? I showed Andrea. I was like, I had to, I had to explain to her. I was like, so there's, I was like, so there's a real chance that I might have to get this tattooed. And she's like, she was kind of like, I don't care. She's like, just don't. She's like, just don't put it anywhere visible. And I was like, All not, right. not in the front of you. Just like not on like my neck or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so I'm thinking a lower back, if anything. Oh, not the shoulder blade. Yeah. Uh, I mean that would be okay. Front shoulder front to the shoulder not it not even the shoulder blade just right in the front so he's always winking at you in the mirror mm-hmm. so I'll, also I, I i skirted over i we have to uh we have to congratulate and applaud uh mr aaron lang oh, yes. aaron with two ways uh at the the admirable uh commission that he uh, formed for us and look we are giving him lots of exposure i uh i met <laughs> i uh put out the picture on all of our platforms facebook uh, Twitter, Instagram. I, I saw. I saw those likes. Single digits, baby. Uh, some of them were actually when once he shared it. A lot of his friends. Yeah, see. Yeah. It, and, his... and then it blew up a little bit more. Oh, it blew up. Uh, so uh, I I did like one comment when uh someone was like, someone that he knows was like this is crazy, and he was like, or or was like you come up with crazy stuff, and he's like it was uh, the Cre- Criterion Creeps idea, and then they bullied me. <laughs> into uh making it cyber cyberly we cyber him. and all i gotta say is shut up nerd and make us art mm-hmm. but we'll give you all the exposure you need uh i can't even remember there's a link on all of our things to his uh his his work so i i encourage everyone to go out and uh invest in aaron lang right jerry i you have more uh you had uh something to say about that no or i what's I'm, your opinion on uh, ernest uh, the borg nine uh, um well i i couldn't help but note the uh the pendulous breasts attached to uh <laughs> to one uh ms uh borg nine all i gotta say if ernest borg nine borg nine was still around he'd give tilda sweeten a run for her money for uh big clanky uh meat clack what how did she describe those balls again can't remember. It's funny though. It's funny. Step aside, Jerry Ryan. There's, there's a new girl in town. <laughs> you, you like your ladies of the of the underbite or overbite? Yeah. And those, 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 With a gap. And, and those eyebrows. He's a he's a handsome man. Do you think Aaron's seen uh, riding the bus? With Ernest. Uh, well, I mean, he's got time because uh, 
as a part, part as a after the drawing was done, it's like, hey, I'm gonna be on the show. And it's like, fuck yeah, you can be on the show anytime. But yeah. then, then he said, I want to be on Videodrome. And it's like, well, that well, that that one's that one's uh, booked, sadly. But the, he gets the next best thing, and that'll, that'll be I, coming. That'll be coming later this year. Something to look forward to. That's right. It's cr- crazy how many people want to be on Videodrome with it already being taken mm-hmm. and er- people are wondering they're like is it david cronenberg is it david cronenberg's son who is it well time will tell time will you'll tell. be disappointed Every, all of us life is disappointing as i've said many times or is it david cronenberg <laughs> i don't know why isn't it david cronenberg uh i don't know how to get in contact with him he doesn't have an do you so if david cronenberg was going to be on that episode um yeah what would you ask him? Uh, butts or dumps? Hypothetically. Huge. Huge is right. Huge is right. So anyways, that's cool. It's rad. You, any other news? Uh, well, I guess read that Kim Kardashian, not the Kardashians, oh, yeah. but the Kardashians, mm. has mm. asked for compassion amid husband Kanye West's erratic behavior. So she is she saying that this is kind of a manic episode or I, I think that's what I think that's what we're laying down as as he runs for president. And, uh... see, see, I think the problem, Jared, is that someone <laughs> of influence on? and of a certain position, mental health is a serious, serious, serious thing to be taken seriously. But when when someone may use their where they fit in the world to get ahead but then there's ish i don't know what i'm saying anyways that's kanye man he's he's doing stuff right stable genius very stable stable genius just like you and me buddy no good thing no movies are coming out this year people are really gonna take advantage of our podcast damn right damn right all right then (laughs) all right after the break um Uh sex work a Tale of Italy. Interesting. Pasolini, l'uomo più lodato e più criticato del momento, ha presentato alla ventitresima mostra d'arte cinematografica di Venezia il suo secondo film, la sua opera più discussa, il film che a Venezia ha avuto un clamoroso successo di pubblico, ma che ha scatenato le più aspre polemiche. Il perché dovete essere voi stessi a giudicarlo, perché Mamma Roma è un film che riguarda voi, 
voi e i vostri figli. Questo è Ettore, il figlio di Mamma Roma. E l'altra volta, pure se c'è un po' di rubinetta rubata, a me non mi frega niente. Io mi chiamo Gennarino e Trovatori. Ho fatto arricchire un sacco di gente, ho fatto arricchire. Ma vedi, eh? Quella è bruna. Perché mi dici che quella è bruna? Ce va tutto il quartiere, ce va. Ce vanno pure gli scopini. E questa è Bruna, la ragazza che fa conoscere ad Ettore adolescente i primi sogni della gioventù, le prime illusioni della vita, le prime e più crude realtà. Bruna è la ragazza per la quale Mamma Roma prova allo stesso tempo riconoscenza e odio, perché Mamma Roma vuole per suo figlio una vita meno spietata, una vita più facile. Ma ci hai fatto mai con una donna, Ettore? E allora non sa nemmeno come siamo fatti noi donne. Come siete fatti? Oh, bello! Che ce lascia a bocca asciutta? Che fai con i tedeschi? Arrivi, occupi! Mamma Roma appartiene a quella grigia sottorazza sociale di cui è campione Carmine, l'uomo che l'ha distrutta. Una donna pesti baffi andava pazza e adesso che l'ha persi ce va in puzza. A pensarci avevo quasi l'età sua quando mi sono messo con te. Dio mio! Ma tu non sai che io ho un figlio, c'ho! Pure cazzino, vero? Non ci aveva ancora nemmeno un filo di malizia. Ma soprattutto una grande, ineguagliabile Anna Magnani nel personaggio di Mamma Roma. Un personaggio al quale ha dato vita con la sua più folgorante interpretazione. Anna, ma che te ce vuoi? Trombettiere te ce vuoi? Su! Namo! Non vedi questa? Mamma Roma. Una figura di madre toccante e sconcertante nella sua crudezza e nella sua spontaneità. La conosci sta canzone? No. Non mi ha sentito. Ti piace? E gli Sta attento, eh. Mo fame il caschetto. Ecco così. Ah! Oddio! <ride> Ammazza che caschetto che mi fatto! Mamma Roma. La storia tragica di una madre che vuole rifarsi una vita per il figlio, ma che ricostruisce tutto sul disordine. Esci di casa con 20 milioni di soli, non te vergogni. Che è, questi mi piovitanni morali. Andiamo. È meglio che andiamo. Suona solo per me. O violino gigano. Ricordate che chi paga è sempre Micco. Mamma Roma. Film di Pierpaolo Pasolini. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Mama Roma from 1962, directed by Pier Paolo Pasolini. The synopsis of this film from old Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. After years spent working as a prostitute in her Italian village, middle-aged Mama Roma has saved enough money to buy herself a fruit stand so that she can have a respectable middle-class life and reestablish contact with the 16-year-old son she abandoned when he was an infant. But 
Her former pimp threatens to expose her sordid past, and her troubled son seems destined to fall into a life of crime and violence. That's a that's a pretty pretty good synopsis. It's not Jared. too bad. It's not too bad. It doesn't doesn't say more than it needs to, and uh, it's not uh, and completely it, out to lunch. And it's accurate. I mean, that's that's it's, what it is. It's not missing out on any like glaring piece of the like plot that mm-hmm. you would expect. Um, so this is the return of our most listened to episode on Director. YouTube. The director Pasolini, uh-huh. which I, I think it's because people are such uh, pass heads. They're, they're, they they just love that Pasolini so much. Or, you know, it has more to do with the fact that people are always looking up that, that Sallow. Big, uh, big Sallow boys, big mm-hmm. Pasolini boys. Where do you identify? Uh, I, I, jury's out. Okay, good to know. Good he's, to know. He, he's right in the middle. I'm right in the middle on this guy. Well, when we get when we reach um, what is it, the hundred million subscribers, we'll rewatch Sailor. It's oh no, it's much lower bar than that. It's it's very achievable. Well, I mean, both of us. You're not gonna that thing you're talking about. That's just you that you're gonna do, right? The uh, watching the live feed. Live feed. Oh no, yeah, you'll be there. You'll okay. Be, you'll, yeah, you'll be being fed. Interesting. Yeah. By you? Yeah. Doesn't matter. What? Tell me about PP Pasolini. PP Pasolini. So, mm-hmm. Mama Roma. This is a movie I knew next to nothing about. Okay. Other than, hey, Pasolini directed this movie called Mama Roma. Mm-hmm. No one talks about this movie, as far as I know. People apparently watch it here and there. It is on the Criterion Channel. It is part of the Criterion Collection, and that's about it. So. You know, in my uh, preparation, in my research for Mama Roma, I did, uh, you know, a quick look at the synopsis on Letterboxd, and I mm-hmm. couldn't help but go, what, another movie in the Criterion Collection about prostitution, about sex workers? I can't believe mm-hmm. it. This is unbelievable. It seems like it comes up quite a bit. So do certain certain things of about Italy and Italian society come up quite a bit in the Criterion Collection. Wouldn't you say certain trends? Trends about mamas and little and their, uh, and their, and their boys. I was going to say something else, but uh, I'll let you, d- d- I'll let desolate. you continue. Well, so yeah, the one thing that I wasn't always like, I'm watching for and expecting a lot of these movies, these post-war Italian movies, it's just like the destitution of Italy after the war. You have mm-hmm. these cities that, like, and it kind of reminds me of parts of New York City in the 70s okay. where there's the, these projects uh, and these buildings being torn down and rebuilt up mm-hmm. and like in, in destitution. Uh, it's like this, but, but in Italy, you're surrounded in these, like, fields, these spiraling fields of just, like, the plains um, that are very reminiscent of Creepsville, I, I think, at times. The plains, yeah, yeah, it's similar, uh, similar cartography, yeah. hills, geography, and, hills and uh, plains, kind of emerging foot hills ish, sure. maybe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I like I said, I, 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 that just struck me as like, oh, it's like another another sex worker movie. That's a that's a curious thing. I don't think anyone's really commented on. I don't know what it mm-hmm. says exactly. It's all these different directors, uh, but there's a thorough line of like, why do the, why do directors like really love focusing in on this uh, particular lifestyle of women is there something about uh this career trajectory that some women have to uh go through to make a living 
Maybe it's an Italy thing because well, we have Knights of, of, of like, Kiberia. Uh, There's Knights of Kiberia. Yeah. In fact, RJ, I've got a list. I've got a private list on my letterbox. Okay. I'd have to pull it on up of right sex now. Workers? Of in or the, Italian in, sex workers? No, of, of uh, sex workers in the Criterion Collection. Huh. Strange. Um, Strange. I, I, it's just one of those things. I, I've counted about 24, and I'm, I mean, I didn't have this on the list till this week, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. But uh, we have The Naked Kiss, Sam Fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, more, we had uh, Double Suicide that we watched forever ago. Oh, I forgot about that movie completely. M- M- Matrice. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck, that was only like a month ago. I already forgot about that. Lola. Uh-huh. Mona Lisa. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, and that's just what we've watched so far. And there's more coming. Oof. But, uh, uh, what, Godard, Godard's uh, great movie, uh, Vivre Sa Vie. Isn't... Um, and there's there's a movie literally called uh, Story of a Prostitute. Story of a Prostitute? Story of a Prostitute. Hmm. Robocop's kind of uh, related to that stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Wild Strawberries. So, yeah, I walked into this, and the movie opens up with... Uh, some some heavy Christian imagery, RJ. Hell yeah, it does. Some Last Supper stuff going on as um, yeah. our our main character, Mama Roma, a very mm-hmm. loud, boisterous, uh, abrasive woman. She's at a a wedding for her former pimp, mm-hmm. and he's getting married, and everything's. She's really happy about this. That, mm-hmm. but for a combination of things, one, she's going to do this like she kind of be like the center of attention she doesn't have to be you know a prostitute anymore working for this guy that he lives the off the avails of her her labor and f- exploitation mm-hmm. of her flesh and she's doing these things with these pigs make just about lots of some illusions about these what <laughs> kind of illusions Jarrett? that, that the, the the female pig is a slut rj whoa that's that's what they whoa. say that's a that's a uh, quote from the movie. And do you think Mama Roma is being self-referential or is she talking about the bride to be? I, I think a little bit, a little bit of everything. And then there's some singing, wow. some sing songs. What kind of songs? Campfire songs? Yeah. A little bodier than that. Okay. Know? Yeah. They, they all vary. Oh, yeah. One of my like, you know, probably least favorite things in the world is probably singing in movies. Where um, the characters say, and like you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, those are some great lyrical references to what's going on. But it's like, oh, I, I hate that. Like, I don't know. There's something about the loss of translation of like mm-hmm. songs that like you read it and you're like, huh. When I read this, I read it in a flat voice, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It's just kind of like, oh, I guess people find this charming. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm not a big big musical person. So he admits it. Dude doesn't has never listened to music before. Doesn't own a single CD. Not, not a one. Not a one. That's pretty wild. Just, no, just, I agree. Just, with synth, you. just synthwave on YouTube. Just synthwave, and then you turn on your neon open sign, yeah. and you just stare at it for hours. Or my members only jacket. <sighs> Baby, um, yeah, singing on uh, singing on like in film or movies, TV. It's I don't like it either. It's kind of like having a phone ringing in a movie, and you go. That's too loud. <laughs> it's too loud. Cut it out. And then it rings forever and ever. And you as an audience member say, someone answer the phone. 
please, Uncle Leo. Uncle Anyways. Leo. So is it Romolo? Romolo is uh, the name of her pimp. Well, maybe. Franco Cidi. He's got some he's got some good lines here. Um Mama Roma, while she's kind of like either like really happy, also drunk, ecstatic mm-hmm. that she gets to move on. She saved up her money and uh she gets to she's gonna live in Rome, get out of this hick town, and she can grab her son on her way, her sixteen year old that's grown up without her, and show him a good life and mm-hmm. uh so they can be live a little bit more cosmopolitan. But Franco Cidi, man, this guy, he's got designs on this woman still. This guy, I don't know what you would describe him as. He's kind of like a cross between Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite and Michael Shannon. Would you, would you say that's accurate? Uh, yes, that is accurate. I'm proud of you, man. Now, that, you, that, that's, uh, like, that's almost like RJ-ian in uh, pinpointing it. Pinpointing exactly what a person looks like? That's yeah. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you put some work into that. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's very Michael Shannony, but with that mustache on top. A little bit, yeah. Even Itori, the the boy, he almost has a little bit of Michael Shannon in him too. <laughs> he's got a little too he's... subtle of a jaw, though. He's got that weird, yeah. like he's got a, he's got a pointy little jaw, but he's got a very slight face. Mm. He's very very Maybe... young, a young boy, Itori, who which is also the actor's name. I, I noticed that. Do you think that was coincidental or on purpose? Maybe so he'd respond properly. <laughs> because uh, one thing you'll learn about uh, Pasolini mm. is he likes to use non-professional actors. Mm. Why? Just to get that raw. Yeah. Yeah, raw. Just raw, raw dancing. No. So, you know? so we get the wedding scene, and we kind of transition right to uh, when she goes to find her son, Ettore. Um, he's, hanging, he's hanging out with his boys. The uh, the always well dressed Italian kids walking around in their suits, oh, which is like which is cool. I mean, you look at, you look at kids these days. Whoa! Like, and they, they look look at them. It's like what, look at the state of them. That's uh, Jared Duncan. Uh, you can send hate mail to uh, CriterionCreeps.com. You, you, you don't think uh, children could stand up wearing like nice little suits? No, I, I actually I agree with you because I think it would be adorable if every if all the, my kids were wearing suits. I also made a note of that because there's a hilarious scene at uh, 30 minutes where one of those boys is uh, rollerblading like uh, with like roller skates and mm-hmm. he's in his full suit. And it's like, you know, he's just going out for a little rip in his uh, full tan suit. And you're like, that's cool. I wish I had that kind of confidence. So Roma, she picks up her son. Uh they whisks him away to the to the big city, so he doesn't mm-hmm. wind up just being a day laborer working in the, I don't know, the fields. I think mm-hmm. you, you can relate to this, right, RJ? Living in the big city, so you don't have to toil. Uh, that's almost exactly my life. It's like, this is like the story of you. Kind of, yeah. yeah I mean, kind of, yeah. So she's on her way out, and mm-hmm. she gets a knock at the door before she can leave. Uh, from old Franco City, Romolo, mm-hmm. the, her her pimp, because of, of course, as soon as you see, as soon as you see this guy, you know mm-hmm. it's not a good guy, and he's saying, "Hey, you know, I'm just getting really down, you know, doing all this shit work, and uh, we're gonna like buy a bunch of cattle for cheap, and then like when we once we get it, we're just going to like butcher it ourselves and sell it." And you're like, <laughs> "Whoa, what the hell?" And it's like, it's "Yeah, so but, but I need like two hundred thousand lira." Whatever that mm-hmm. is, and she's like, and he's like, yeah, you need, you need to come up with that in two weeks. Yeah, and it's like you put your mind to it, you can figure something out. 
It's like, but that's the last time, okay? That's the last time I'll do this. And you're just like, fuck this guy. I, mm-hmm. RJ, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of pimps. I don't know if, like, anyone is, per se, mm-hmm. other than people who say pimping ain't easy. And there's, like, a weird, like, oh, man, pimps mm-hmm. are so cool. I was like, no, pimps really suck. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Hustle and Flow? I have not. The Oscar-winning movie? I have not. No? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, in that movie, he expresses that it's hard out there for a pimp. No. When you're trying to make the money for the rent. Um, I mean, there is another pimp in this movie who is actually portrayed as okay mm-hmm. because he does a favor to them. But it is with the promise of money up front, I guess. Cool. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll go out on a limb here and say that the creeps are anti Oh, I don't know if that's a hot take. Or, but, but, uh, I mean, but, but, Ghoul, but Ghoul thought it was too hot. It was too hot? The, oh, well, I mean, I uh, I can't say it again, but I'm just saying, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're taking a hard stance and we're saying... Mm-hmm. Thumb, th- pimping, thumbs down. Yep, we're just anti-pimp. There oh. you go. So uh, we get uh, what's actually depicted on the poster of the Mama Roma movie, uh, mm-hmm. a scene of uh, Roma dancing with Atore in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, showing showing him cha cha cha, the what cha cha cha, and then oh, okay. a little tango. So, and then we get some like more like because first we saw him like hanging out with his like young friends, and then we get to see more like replacement friends that are all st- sitting around gambling in the stairwell. Yeah, there's there's a few uh, there's a few cohorts of uh, friend groups. You know, there's the gamblers, there's the rollerbladers, and then there's the the thieves. Just as like, we'll see later, just, just like the warriors. Is that what that movie's about? I, it's about kind of like surf Nazis. Uh, not not unlike. Yeah, there, there's groups and gangs in that movie, right? That's got some good synth too. Hell yeah, it does. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just a pictorial depiction. It's like it's sort of a split between like the character of Roma, who is not your typical mother figure, but not in like the way where it's like a movie starring Sandra Bullock, but in this like yeah. way of this like woman who has a completely different perspective than. Uh, most mothers would other than she's very concerned about her son. And there's even though some incestuous undertones, I would argue that are at work here that are kind of uncomfortable during the dance scene or just, in just general? throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, so she, she has a lot of concern. There's a lot of talk about like if he's had sex yet and been with a woman yet. Uh, she asks him like that often. I don't know, RJ, how many mm-hmm. times have you talked to your mother about your sex life? Uh, I don't as know a if good you know Catholic this. Boy. I was going to say, as a Catholic, uh, I, I, like, I don't. No, but, I mean, Italy is the, the land of the Catholic. Very true, but as a Westernized Catholic, I don't think the the word "sex" has ever been uh, been said out loud uh, in a mile radius of uh, any of our houses. So, uh, I mean, even now, I'm a married guy, but you know, saving it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we'll get to that during uh, La, La Rakota, I guess, later. But, oh. uh, you know, no, I, I know what you mean. I think at one point it's almost like she doesn't want him falling for the the other girl. That's the town pump, I think, is one <laughs> oh, of the guys God calls her. Damn. Uh, well, I mean, that's how, she, that's how the mother views her, right? Yeah. So wow. she doesn't want him to, to fall in love with that girl because she's already got a kid and he doesn't. She doesn't want the son to be, 
He's got no prospects. This kid. Yeah. It's she like, wants he's him got, he's to got, like he, go he, off. She wants him to have a great job, but he has no skills. And yeah. it's like, hey, I don't want him to just be like a laborer. It's like, well, I can maybe get him working at a restaurant. It's like, oh, that's very different. That's a much better quality of life. And in fact, this even leads to like a scene where um, she, uh, with like a fellow uh, sex worker and pimp, mm-hmm. they, 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 they pull a shakedown of a restaurant owner who's like, oh, you, you didn't? Oh, you found yourself trying to have sex with this woman? It's like, that's a bad look, dude. You don't want your wife to find out about it. But maybe you could give my son a job at your restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one route. I mean, how did you get your first job? Similarly, I guess. I'm not saying I'm better than that, but you know, watching yeah. it from like, you know, a film, you go, that's just bad, bad decision making right there. I mean, I made my first job was KFC. I mean, wow, were uh, you making the gravy? I was. I made some gravy. You made some gravy. No. You and, I, and I made some. I made there? some cheddar. You know. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm making the hand gesture. Ooh, what were you getting paid? Like twelve bucks an hour? <laughs> six, what? Six ten? Six ten? And this would have been in what nineteen seventy two that you Some, got your oh, first job. Oh man, I'd be rich in nineteen seventy two, making that kind of money, pulling down uh, those sort true. of wages. That's true. Uh, yeah, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that restaurant scene is. It's like endearing, but it's also goofy because he's just like looking at them, doing the raised eyebrows. She's like, and, she, and, and, and she's crying. She's crying. Well, I mean, it's it's endearing in the sense because she's like, he did it. He broke the he broke the chain. He's he's not gonna be like what I am. He's got a real job or something like that, <laughs> or he's out of like uh, illegal activities or things like that. But I was more concerned. He's carrying these plates, and it's just like. He's just looking over, winking, and raising his eyebrows. It's like, you're going to drop all those fucking plates, dude. It's like you're mm-hmm. – he wasn't paying attention to her. So you know what movie I was thinking about watching this a bit was 400 Blows. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's got that coming-of-age quality. And, like, you actually do get a lot of Vittori in this as sort of like a focal point. And you get, like, the kind of a, the taste of young delinquency of uh, someone's, like – you know, finding their boundaries, pushing, and then they kind of acting out as well. Yeah. But I mean, so mom, mom makes some interesting choices in, in terms of uh, motherhood. But she, she's trying to make an honest living, hawking those fr- the fruits, hawking. Mm-hmm. I, I thought there's some vegetables in there too, but it was like a date or something. Yeah, there you go. There's like that, which dates? is fr- yeah, which is fruit. Yeah. So she's hawking that hard. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, like when she finds out that her son's uh, schlepping the, the the young woman with the baby. What? What? How would you describe her, Jarrett? The young woman with the baby. Oh, okay, it wasn't another derogatory no, term. I, I just wanted to like pause and not say what you said earlier. Well, Jarrett, uh, th- those are not my opinions. That's what uh, is expressed in the movie. I'm only examining the movie under I a see. critical eye i see yeah yeah so she's selling those things but you know it's hard out there for a single mom so mm-hmm. she's selling her fruit and she's just worried about her little baby mm-hmm. now it doesn't want her to hang out with that so she's like well i can't have that so she gets her her uh her sex worker friend to be like hey mm-hmm. you should fuck my son make her make get him to forget all about her we've all been there no haven't we that's what it's a story old as time what's uh what's that lady's name it's like it sounds like like four names mixed together it's like ladina da vici lagu uh bianca fiore Fiore. yeah bianca fiore what does that mean bianca 
Covore. Because I feel like those are two different names mixed together. Do you know what I mean? Louise uh, Luiano. This is the only there... movie she was ever in. Oh. Well, there's a Michaela Bianco Fiore, which is an Italian politician born in Bolzano. Uh, she's 49 years old. If you're curious to Google her. I don't know where she stands, but... Uh, well, she's got to be older than that. This No, the, not the actress in the movie. This politician, oh. Michaela Bianca Fiore. Okay. Uh, I yeah. I don't, I don't know where she stands on her uh, her political agenda, but she's part of the Forza Italia. Oh, man. Which... I, so something I just found out. It's really yeah. quick. So this is uh, Pasolini's second movie. His first feature film is uh, Acetone. Uh, which the tagline for RJ is mm-hmm. the poor man's dulce vita. Huh. And it's about a pimp with no other means to provide for himself finds his life spiraling out of control when his prostitute is sent to prison. Hmm. And he has no well, mustache. It's hard out there for a pimp, Jared. Shit. Just... Shit. I would have watched that if I knew. You should have. That's Damn. too bad. On the fly. Here I am. Well, if it maybe if it was in. Um... Included in the supplementals, you would have watched it. No, it's true. It's true. So yeah, yeah. Well, inevitably, because like, there's a period of time, like I'd say, like hour or longer into the movie, you're kind of like, did they just drop the whole thing about her, like basically running out on her pimp, mm-hmm. uh, a la milk money, and uh, uh-huh. and uh, like like one day he's going to come and knock in, and sure enough, he just appears walking down the street. And he's looking for, uh, looking for, her. and it's like, oh, I think that's her son over there. And he goes and finds the son. What a coincidence! He has a mm-hmm. nice little chat. Say, hey, maybe we can go for a drink. You like wine? And then you're just like, huh? What a, he's a really nice guy, not, not a piece of shit at all. And he sees uh, the, uh, the the girl Bruna, uh, <laughs> with the you know the girl with the baby Bruna, and they and they have an exchange. And of course, this mm-hmm. guy, these fucking pimps, man, they they know. They know the way to like. They see the weakness. They see the damage. They see the mm-hmm. hurt, and they they know they start conspiring. And he plays it so well. He's so good. He is like to- like Franco Citi. He is some top notch creepo action in this movie. He, uh, he is just like oh. Every time he's on the screen, I was just like a little mad. Like, was he a regular dude or was he a, an actual actor? He was, I mean, I think this was, let's take a look. Let's take a gander. Uh, So this was his third movie. So uh, Acetone was his first movie. And then um, he was something in between called Violent Life. And then he was in Mama Roma. But he uh, built his way up. He was in 45 films, of which I've seen eight, including such films as The Godfather. The Godfather, was he in part two? No, that was somebody else. Oh, man. Yeah, he's a Pasolini dude, though. Canterbury Tales. Fellini's Roma, Arabian Nights, and yeah, he's Arabian a bunch of, he's, Nights. He's in a bunch of uh, or several uh, Italian cop movies, like Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. Is he also in? Um, was it Kindergarten Cop? Is that an Italian film? Mm, it could be. It might be. We don't know. Okay, yeah, I was just curious because uh, you're mentioning how uh, Pasolini. Was really into these uh, amateur actors. So. Well, I mean, I guess like there is sort of the problem solving there of like everything's dubbed over, and so you, the performance can be salvaged, I guess, because everyone's dubbed, mm. and, and you just oh, yeah, yeah. it'll work itself out. 
So Pimp Man comes back. It's like, hey, you got you to cough it up, choppers. Uh, like, so the one thing, I guess one of the main scenes in these movies is these monologues that Roma mm-hmm. does where she's walking through the night. Like she, the one night she visits her friends. Um, and then she leaves them and then she kind of like walks through the night and it's like it, it's these continuous takes of her just walking along and these men kind of coming toward her basically propositioning her or just like some like uh, I think there's like the one group of uh, gay men like, I don't know if they're hustlers themselves I think they might be that like come mm-hmm. and chat with her and stuff like that and so you get two of those scenes in the movie where you get these long mm-hmm. takes of her like kind of talking things out and they're kind of talking across purposes she'll be telling this one story and the first person will leave and then a second person shows up and she continues telling the story and they just kind of like mm-hmm. they're, they're so you don't know if they're paying attention to anything that she's saying or if it's sort of like a, a, a part of the ideas that like it doesn't matter and it's just like yeah they're, and it's re- really nicely done and then the mm-hmm. second one is when she has to go back out and like deal with this because like now we have uh Romolo, who's threatening, hey, you're going to do this. Or I'm going to tell your son about what you are. And, of course, this is, like, her great fear about this. And at this point, uh, Ettore is, like, stealing her records and, and uh, record players and hawking it mm-hmm. down at the the stray dog uh, underbelly. Mm-hmm. And so she's she's getting back to work, and then a bunch of men show up. And it's, like, done in this offhand way. In fact, like, for a movie that, like, deals so much with sex... It's mm-hmm. all done off camera, right? Yeah, which is uh, yep. which is I guess a nice thing. <laughs> it's better than the alternative the with Mussolini. Uh, some think. real uh, hands-on, rumpy pumpy. Some uh, ex- uh, uh, could um, could you say again what your name is, just for the record? So uh-huh. uh, eventually. Things, things just get worse. And uh, soon enough, Hattori finds out what's going on. But he's mm-hmm. also he, he's getting sick. He's got a fever. It's like it's like the COVID or something. Is there uh, Which, only one prescription? Well, uh, what, a shit pail? I was going to say more cowbell. Crime, but that's, uh... crime bell? Crime bell? So, so there's like a setup earlier. On. Oh, yeah. There's the scene where he gets the shit beat out of him. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, gets, he gets just messed up pretty good. Well, but he, then, he's but, standing up for the ladies. Yeah, he's like, hey, that's my girl that like, sleeps with everybody. And these guys are like, no, we want to have sex with her, like the seven of us. And he's like, no, fuck that. And they're like, okay, well, he's like, you wouldn't talk so tough if it was all you. And then he gets his ass beat. And then they, and then she's like, hey, see you later. And as they go mm. to the sewer hole <laughs> to bang. Um, mm. Yeah, it's like, Jesus, this movie. Vintage Italy, hey? Well, I don't know. This is like, I mean, it's interesting that you watched kids this week because I feel like I there, there's, there's some cross, there's some uh, elements there. There's a there's a so, little bit so Tori, uh, young love. Yeah, young love. Tori gets sick. Tori tries to steal from uh, some hospital beds mm-hmm. from from the sick. Gets caught. Gets thrown in like kid jail. And but mm-hmm. he's not doing well. Not doing well. He wants to leave, and uh, so they have to like restrain him. And they give him a shit bucket, strap him to a table, and uh, uh-huh. and then yeah, we get a dark, dark ending. Uh, Roma does not take any of this very well, and then we get this like the slam sh- like shot of her about to jump out a fucking window, and she looks out across the cityscape and she sees I don't know some religious building, <laughs> and then end. What do you think happened next? 
that's the end. It's the end of the movie. There's no more discussion to be had. And end podcast. Could you uh, when you when you put this video on uh, YouTube? Could you put ending to Mama Roma explained with like some red arrows pointing at a uh, a screenshot or something like that? With, with an equation? Just an equation and be like, what did it all mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing I'll mention before I hand it off to you, I guess. So, sure. so Mama Roma was dedicated to the director of Romo, Sita Aperta, from 1945, a Roberto Rossellini movie. In that mm-hmm. movie, uh, Roma, uh, the actress Anna Magnani, she plays a pregnant woman who is killed in the middle of Rossellini's film. Um, and I guess there's like references to that movie. Like the Dome of the oh. Church, the Basilica di Savan uh, Giovanni Bosco. Remember all that one? I, the I, what? I, I took a like art history class that touched sure. on this stuff, and I don't remember any of this. It's just like, hey, it's that building. It's like what was it called what, again? What is it? Like the Water Tower? What's that? The, is that the high level bridge over there? It's kind of close. What was the name of that thing though? The Basilica di San Giovanni Bosco. Terrific. That was pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I had, I had no idea. I was going to look into this, but I didn't want to Google Mama Roma and then start getting targeted ads for pa- uh, Pasolini, Pasolini, uh, related stuff. So I was just like, Mm-mm. I'll just, I'll, I'll have whatever the criterion channel recommends and then I'll, I'll leave it at that. Right. But, uh, I could have watched that hypothetically, but I didn't. So. You didn't. Oh, well, you, you I, I imagine this is a remake of, um, the uh, Alfonso Cuarón's Roma too, right? Yeah. In a sense? Exactly. They're all connected, aren't M- they? Mama. Mama so Roma. anyway, um, yeah. well, I, I will say that overall, I actually was uh, pleasantly surprised with this movie. Okay. I, I actually uh, really did enjoy it. I, I found it uh, went by at a good clip. It felt very mm-hmm. well paced. Um, yeah, like the, when I started off, I was like, oh, this, it's, it, there's times where like Pasolini's filmmaking is seems very rough, but yeah. I, I found that I mean knowing it's like his second movie and the way that he was working it was like kind of like it, it actually worked okay, mm-hmm. and um, yeah I, I I found the characters like actually I was kind of like when I started watching this I was like oh man this Mama Roma I don't think RJ is going to be a big fan of this character and uh, as as it went mm-hmm. on I found it like. Like there's this like part of it is like her persona and like mm-hmm. how she presents to other people and then like her internal life and what she's also presenting to herself. Uh, yeah. And, but the, I think the Atori character is uh, well one well done. Uh, the Bruna mm-hmm. character works. Uh, I, I think all the all the characters are actually it's a good ensemble. And I mean the story again. We've talked about how it's about context of like this is like sure. this like gritty 1962 neo-realist. Um, movie that's in the Criterion Collection directed by Pasolini. People are going to handle this movie in a very different way than if you remade this exact same story now in 2014 and it was just directed by somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the plot is, like, feels very played out. It doesn't feel like a particularly original story. Like it just seems like, yeah, you have a hooker with a heart of gold, and then her pimp wants her to do one last bang and, and, and won't let her go, but she doesn't want her son to find out. It's some real Hallmark card stuff. Who would be in the the American remake today? Michael, you already Michael, said Michael Julia Roberts. Michael Shannon. Michael Sh- as the okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then like this kid, the the kid who plays the alt right kid in Knives Out. You know that movie you haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen. Is that but is that the kid from It? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Stutter and Bill. 
Yeah, Stuttering Bill. Stuttering Bill. It could be him, or if they wanted an older version, what about uh, Barry Keoghan from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer in uh, Dunkirk? You know that kid? The way you said Keoghan. Keoghan. I don't know how to say his last name. Whenever I see it, that's how it, it, it sounds in my head is Keoghan. But you know the Killing of a Sacred Deer kid? Yeah, that kid. That guy's got like a striking appearance, kind of like you told me. <laughs> striking. That's another uh, one of those buzzwords when people don't know how to articulate something. They're like, it's striking. <laughs> ah, interesting. Striking. Ah, good to know. Struck. I'm struck. Do you um, have any other uh, lingering no, thoughts? No, I, I think that, that about covers my uh, impressions, I guess, of Mama Roma. RJ, what did you think? Being such a big fan of the Pasolini movies you've seen to this point. I don't, um, so going into this week, I, I, I did a lot of self-reflection, Jared, a lot of lying on the floor, staring at the ceiling. As you know, I'm, I tend to do sometimes. Uh, and I was wonder. I was thinking, I was like, I don't think there's going to be any, any right way for me to, uh, talk about Pasolini with, uh, without, uh, the history of the podcast coming up and things like that. I'm not going to talk about Salo, uh, but I think uh, some of our our good friends of the show and longtime listeners they'll uh, they'll understand where I sit on uh, certain things. So I went in this week, and you know uh, I put on a brave face. I rewatched 400 Blows when we had to do that, so I was like, you know what, Pasolini, I'll give it a go. I, I did not look into what this movie was about at all because it's like. I didn't want dread to set in if it was something off-putting for my own personal preferences and then not look forward to it. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just give it a go. So here's my take on Mama Roma. I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, But I agree with you a lot that I think it's a little rough. And knowing that it's uh, Pasolini's second film, I think makes a little bit more sense because I actually think that this will be the only time you hear me say this, Jared. I think in the hands of someone like Federico, the fart Fellini, Mm -hmm. I think this would have been a way better movie, but it wasn't. And it was in a less experienced director. And I think it fails because of that in some areas that said, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 50, 50 guy here. So, uh, I actually think a little half and half. A little half and half. A little half and half cream for your coffee, buddy. Um, yeah, or other things. Or other 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 things. Um, I actually think the story is uh, story is like not bad. Act uh, not bad. Uh, I like the idea of this lady getting away from a a lifestyle and career that she doesn't like, but she can't, and she keeps getting pulled in. That's classic storytelling, Jared. Mm-hmm. Storytelling one hundred and one, man, uh, and like trying to prevent uh like their children from following similar paths and things like that because she's like her greatest fear she doesn't want itori to grow up to be like a no good pimp or mm-hmm. uh a like hoodlum. a criminal or something a hoodlum or or whatever she she's like i just want you to have a job man she doesn't want him to be a uh you know a second hand for like a joker you know no one wants, no one wants that to be a henchman it, a henchman, a nameless henchman that gets yeah. wasted in the first scene. That's you right. don't want that. First panel. Uh, 
So I actually, I do think the story is pretty good. And I do think that there are certain segments of the movie that are really well done. Like I actually thought the walk, street walking, street talking scenes mm-hmm. that you were talking about, those are pretty good. Uh, I did like the way that they kind of flowed in and out. I was like, that's cool. That's a, that's an interesting idea. It's pretty complicated too, like considering like the era yeah. where it's like, you have to like keep her lit and then mm-hmm. keep the camera moving, shooting but I guess backwards, I guess she's walking forwards. And then you have like these people coming in and out of this inky darkness, which mm-hmm. I found like, it's very, um, I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't bust out that trope of dream. Like, but it just, it has this uncertainty oh, to wow. it. And it has like the, yeah, I love the idea of like of night as, as it's handled here in those scenes. Yeah. 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 Those, those scenes are, uh, very well done, I think. Um, so there's, there's certain segments there. And then I actually do like how, uh, I don't mind Mama Roma as a character. I like when she's kind of just uh, like uh, waxing poetic about things, talking about hypocrites and how everyone's a piece of shit kind of. And because uh, someone's like, I can't remember how it gets brought up. I have some screenshots of it, though, where someone's like, what about these people? And she's like, who gives a shit? She's like, they're just as bad as everyone else is. And I'm like, I get you, Mama Roma. I get it. <laughs> uh, but then there's other times where I think all of the characters do – less than desirable things and it's like i i get it like people you know even the best person sometimes makes a mistake jared but uh so i I did like some of her dialogue uh it was pretty good like um things i related to in a sense and i think the aspiration of the story where they're just she's just trying to to have something different it's like that's that's endearing and then i do like the kind of dark tale where it's like um or not even dark but just uh untrad- not non-traditional it's like yeah it's sex workers like you said um so it's not something that from the 60s was probably the most desirable thing so you give them a little credit for that uh but there are things that i don't like about it there was a point in this movie i i don't remember where it was it was like 40 minutes or i almost legitimately just fell asleep because i was like i don't even like I was like, what even is fucking going on here? I, I kind of I, I hit a wall where I was like, who gives a shit about this stuff? Uh, I did kind of bounce back from that a little bit. But um, so I think there were there were a couple dips in the in the movie where I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm It's like. What even is this? And then uh, there were some parts where it's a little it's a little rough. Like you said, um, you just tell it's he I just don't think he has enough fine artisanal pizzazz uh where and that's where i mean it's like fellini i think is so smooth so much more smoother in uh, his presentation of things but his stuff started off rough too like his stuff he, did and, start and, and, off get, and then it gets real slick yeah i'm not gonna watch a lot of uh, pasolini stuff near the end like where fellini's slick in uh, his prime or anything like that but there's a there's a few rough edges around it too so i don't know i'm i'm very much in the middle it's like I like some parts of it for sure. And then there's other parts where I was kind of like, I either didn't care. Or I was like, eh, I was like, this isn't, uh, this isn't quite what I want. And I think some of the stuff, uh, some of the, I don't know, some of the side story stuff, like I didn't really like the gang of kids, uh, stealing stuff. I liked, yeah, Itori and like his relationship with the girl and him trying to do stuff. Like I thought as a character, uh, Itori was very good, but, uh, some of his, his side gambits, you're kind of like mm. side hustles. His side hustles, it, it lost my interest a little bit. So uh, 
I don't know. It's it's a very mixed bag for me, uh, which is I think probably more positive than I think anyone would have expected me to be, which is good, I guess. I don't know, but no, it's it's okay. I can see why you like it, and um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I I think there is definite Fellini uh, Fellini connections to it on top of that because uh, the stuff. The other thing that I watch, which is part of the supplementals, uh, there's a lot of Fellini talk in that, too. So it's like clearly it was a uh, um, part of P.P. Uh, Pasolini's like his brain. I don't know. Anyways, I, I don't know if you want me to talk about Lakota. I it, yeah. It's included with in the package on Criterion Channel with this. That's the only reason I watch that. OK. Um, it, before I start that, though, is uh, anything you want to add on my uh my mama Roma discussion. No, I or? mean, I, I think it's, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, there's been times where I've uh, been in and out on a movie and yeah. uh, I, I, it didn't happen for me this time, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, so in the supplementals on the Criterion channel, there's like four or five interviews, but some of them are like an hour long, so I was like, oh, I don't want to watch any of that shit. But I saw there was a 30-minute thing called La Ricotta, and I was like, hmm, what is cheese curd? <laughs> uh, and then I read the synopsis, Jared. Made as part of an omnibus film mm-hmm. of Rogo Page. Yep. This short is a hilarious religious farce at the Cinecita Film Studio director, played by Orson Welles, begins shooting a film dealing with Christ's crucifixion. Among the cast is a Jesus who has sex with boys in the bushes and a peasant who plays one of the thieves crucified alongside Jesus. The actor literally dies on the cross, not by infliction wounds inflicted wounds but but of ingestion caused by too much cheese we've all been there we've all been there so when i saw the idea of this i thought it was a slam dunk eating too much cheese i've been there buddy so this thing's a trite (laughs) to say the least uh i'm not really sure what the intended purpose of this thing is but I actually do like some of the Christ images, whereas I saw that Pasolini has like a, a biblical thing that you weren't too hot on. But like I've never, some yeah. of the some the of the things are very picturesque gospel according to St. Matthew, Matthew or something yeah, like that. I've uh, yeah. never been. I, I, I own that DVD and it's it is junky. It's an old DVD. It was like from like the whatever the Pasolini box that was at the time. Yeah. But yeah, I've never been able to get into it. It is a sleepy movie. Yeah. I don't think I would like it either. Uh, I just I like some of the uh, the images in this because it's very like really bright colors and they're all like stills because they're like it's like living pictures kind of. And uh, I was like, that's very nice. It appeals to my Catholic uh, sentiments. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really liked those that imagery of it. But like some of the other stuff with like um, the description of like the Jesus taking boy or the actor who plays Jesus taking the boys. It's like it's like I don't know. It's like it's like a two second thing in the the short. It's like, it's not even that big of a deal. The, the big thing about the short is that guy just laying down cheese. And there's this weird scene where like all these pixie imps like pop up and offer him more food for him to kind of gorge himself on. And, uh, I liked that, but I was kind of like, I don't really know what the point of this is. 
it's weird. And then you get Orson Welles, and I got a ton of screenshots of him because uh, <laughs> he's talking about like the depravity of Italian people. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, I, the screen cap I put out today is like, what do you think of Italian society? I didn't put up the follow up where he's like, they're the most illiterate and like ignorant <laughs> of uh, the Europeans. And I was like, whoa. So uh, I, I got to uh, give it to Pasolini for being, um, for having like, having i guess the sense of humor to poke fun at his own people mm-hmm. because he he's saying that not orson wells isn't saying that it's even though he's the actor anyways it's a it's a strange little short and i don't really know why it exists but it is included with mama roma so i guess if you're one of those guys out there who owns this criterion edition you might be watching it yeah i watched that anthology a long time ago oh yeah yeah yeah, Roy Jopaji. Ropa. Yeah, cause it's what is it? How does it go? It's the it's the four directors. It's the first Ro two letters. Gopaji. Rosalini, Godard, Pasolini, and then uh I don't know the last one. Oh damn it. Buy me time. I'll look it up. Gort? Uh, good, good, well, I Godard's mean, in there, right? Yeah, that's uh the last one. Ro go go is Godard, Pa is Pasolini, and then there's a G at the end. Where you can look it up if you just go to Pasolini. Oh, there and it is. You... Pasolini and uh, Gregoretti. Rosalini, yeah, Ro- yeah, Rossellini, Godard, Pasolini, Gregoretti. Sounds delicious. Yeah, just pasta. Chastity deals with an attractive air hostess who receives the unwelcome attentions of a middle-aged American. Uh-oh. I don't know if I've got wow. that on my list of like for- foreign uh, American men trying to bang foreign women. Uh, Godard's new world illustrates a post-apocalypse world the same as the pre-apocalyptic one but for an enigmatic change in attitude when most people including the central character's girlfriend I think I watched it specifically for that yeah I tried watching this and it's um, oh yeah and the last one is the Greg Radio and Free Range Chicken in which a family of the materialist culture inadvertently illustrates the cynical metallic voice doctrine of a top sales theorist that I've remember huge 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 yeah you have this logged but you don't have the individual shorts logged which is going to up your numbers i think Damn. if you uh you just got to go it, find Ricotta and it, log it, it. it that wasn't an option back when it is now man they took lasagna cat off but hey at least Ricotta is on there that's such horseshit it's all horseshit but letterbox is made up and mostly nerds so uh, like, what, are you, what are you gonna do <laughs> So, uh, Mama Roma. Yeah. How, how did you like that, uh, Romolo? The uh, pimp? Yeah. Uh, as an actor, I thought he was doing the job well. Like you said, he's a very slimy, believable guy. As uh, a character, you're like, what's your plan here, dude? You're going to buy a cow and slaughter it on your own? Well, he's, like, yeah. He's, but, he, but you know, that it's like, yeah, he's going to try being straight. So, you know, there's that, there's that always that pressure of like, you know, being a criminal and going to jail it's like yeah i'm just, I'm just over this now you know mm-hmm. i don't want i don't want to be a, i don't want to be a criminal anymore and then you go yeah no working for, for working for a living is too hard i want to go back to that mm-hmm. and he's like you think you think how hard it is for me to be like this <laughs> have some sympathy for romolo that's all, that's sympathy all, that's for all, romolo that's all he's asking yeah i don't uh i don't much care for romolo what about those junkyard rats? Those guys are cool, hey? Oh, yeah. That just buy stuff? 
Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like I said, it's it's a real mixed bag for me. There's things that I like, but there's a there was a lot of stuff where I was kind of like, eh. So uh, I'm I'm right down the middle between. Uh, I mean, f- as far as I'm concerned, Pasolini's 0 for 2 for me. But uh, what, what are you gonna do, right? It's fine. It's no big it's deal. <laughs> Nobody needs me to like Pasolini, uh, except every person who comments on our Salo episode. We they know. all need me to like that movie for some but, but, reason. What does what does this movie say about post-war Italy, RJ? A lot of uh, a lot of sex, I guess. <laughs> but there, but there was no. But is there sex? Is it about allegedly living? Is it about how? What does it have to say about fascism? I see a lot of mention of that in on the Wikipedia page fascism all this shit about like italian movies and pasolini and like metaphors of fascism i'm gonna tell you jared i think a lot of them aren't actually there it's all horseshit and as i said before with rakota i think it's kind of trite there's no point for these things you know what i mean trite it's trite trite. i know you love that word Mm -hmm. it's trite so it's uh i don't know Metaphors are stupid. <laughs> Tell your English teacher I said that, all right? Yeah. Put uh, just, put your stamp just, on that. Just lay it out for me bit by bit, all right? I want to hear from who hates Mama Roma. Sure. First up, we've got Mark Goldstein, one yeah. and a half star. Get it, get it, get it. It's bad on purpose. Do you get it? Holy fuck. Is it bad on purpose? I never really got that. No. Vibe. Uh, favorite movies include Boogie Nights, Social Network, Terminator, and Spirit of the Way. Not, not bad. bad films. Not bad films at all. You said Mark Goldstein, right? Yep. Okay. For some reason, I was like, wait a minute. Did I click on the right person? Uh, they gave the Funny Games remake five stars. Yeah, they did. They gave Call Me By Your Name five stars. Mm -hmm. Daredevil with Ben Affleck five stars. I feel like that's ironic. So anytime you get those ironic ratings. Well, maybe they're just reviewing their experience as a a bad movie to watch. uh, It could be. (laughs) They gave The Fast Runner half a star. It seems weird. Um, What other? Johnny Newmomic. Johnny Mnemonic, uh, Vivian's favorite film, a half a star. Pfft, Life is beautiful, a half a star. The fuck? You know Life is Beautiful, Jarrett? Yeah, I know about that movie. Is that a half a star film? Uh, or, no, probably not. Best picture winner from uh, Italian Man? <laughs> what else we got? Roberto Benigni, Starved Down by Law? Exactly. He's the one. Uh, next up, we've got Halliday. Okay. Two stars. It must be something in the novelistic nature of Pasolini's scripts that makes the feeling of pa- making the feeling of passage of time so weak to me. 
The film eventually gives you enough pieces to put the timeline together, but a lot of scenes often begin with thought like, wait, why are we here now? And then midway through the scene, a character would offhandedly say an event that should have been a scene of its own. Maybe it's deliberate with good reason behind it, but it just comes off as unnecessarily confusing for me, as characters reach conclusions that don't feel as though they've naturally gotten to. Aside from that, though, this was okay. In many ways, a technical improvement and some more societal and political themes come through, which were nice. Reading up on PPP's neorealism, mm. triple P, it's like is that? It's almost like PS3. Neorealism techniques with his actors was the most interesting part of this, to be honest. And the tango scene displayed on the poster, which features the lead non-professional actress falling shyly looking toward the camera, was a nice aspect of this style of filmmaking. Sure. Sure. Just some thoughts. Uh, some, some thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not uh, not the worst ideas. Halliday is 18, so uh, young for getting into this kind of heavy shit. Um, favorite films aren't bad. Some five-star films are things like Boogie Nights, Uncut Gems, Eyes Wide Shut, The House That Jack Built. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. That's some, but then, that's some uh, company. There's some, yeah. Uh, one star films. It's a really weird blend between other Pasolini movies. So this person has watched a lot of Pasolini and then, uh, a lot of Disney shorts, like those toy story shorts with that fork just gave a lot of those one stars, which I feel like I I don't, when people rate stuff like that, like very clearly shorts made for like little kids, like one or half a star or something. It's like, it's like, I don't know if that's for you, man. You know? Is it? Is it because there's this false idea that every Toy Story is a like a five star thing that uh, they they expect the shorts to also be? I don't know, Drew. Finally, we got yeah. Teacher Nat, two stars. Uh oh. Is that like because they're a natural teacher or a teacher uh, named Nat? I hope neither. I don't know. Pulling the plug on Pasolini after three unimpressive outings, this Teorema from 68 and Acetone from 61. To give him credit, I can see that he improved as a filmmaker between his first two films and his sixth, but I think he has a case of his art being famous because he is famous, not him being famous because of his art. I feel like I'm cheating by bowing out before viewing Salo, but to be honest, I was dreading that experience and I'm glad to be putting it off. I'll be glad to be putting off Teacher Nat's future reviews. <laughs> uh, they gave The Long Goodbye one star. Oh. They gave uh, Cool Hand Luke one star. But they did give Raw half a star, so that's interesting. Raw? They only have six five-star films. High and Low, Drunken Angel, uh, Rocco and His Brothers, Harry Carey, Ron, and Panique from 1946 from director Julian Duvivier. This person's a kind of a big Japanese boy. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. Um, I don't know what else. Something about check out my 10% project for favorite films. Uh, yeah, just lots of Japanese stuff. And some not, some non, this dude, dude's a total weeb. <laughs> oh, well. Oh well. What are you gonna do? Such these attacks, RJ. I, 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 I thought better of you. Is weeb derogatory? Yes. It is. Yeah. I thought it just meant someone who loves Japanese stuff. No. 
I've been calling people a weebs weeb all is week. a derisive term for a non-Japanese person who's obsessed with Japanese culture that they wish were and, and they that and or that they wish they were actually Japanese. Oh, I had someone introduce themselves as a weeb once. Well, they see they do that and they call themselves like whatever. They they do this and people go, "Uh, you shouldn't be What are you doing?" Oh. And then there's otakus and then there's weebs. What about waifus? Weeaboo. Oh, RJ. This, this is this is more complex than this one <laughs> podcast on Pasolini could address. Well, he was hey, we're uh I bet if he was still around, he would he would cover a movie about weaves weebs is he alive pasolini <laughs> yeah no he he was kind of murdered oh yeah i forgot <laughs> remember that oh yeah you hear about this <laughs> did you hear this you know this uh people are gonna get me for that one he's, oh well he's dead well you never know uh... some people think we're dead how do we know we're not all in the afterlife? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Listen man. Listen to YouTube or podcasts in your headphones. That's and... exactly what I'm saying. <sighs> so you got any final thoughts on Mama Roma? No. I'm never going to think about this again in my life. Uh, not ever? Well, except Probably. until the next Pasolini movie. Uh, yeah, yes. But uh, that's it. That's it. Other than that, it's done. So I mean, I guess like the only thing I would throw out there is uh-huh. the the connections. I guess one could figure out is like looking at all these like because I, I think of this almost as a coming of age movie, even though sure. a lot of it's framed as the mother and son relationship. But yeah. so I think about other coming of age stories. Like obviously, there's Foreigner Blows, but then there's like you know George Washington, and I, oh, I guess, and I feel like I mean in that regards, like I I think this is like. Uh, Maybe a better movie than George Washington, which I, I that sure. is, which is a movie that didn't do anything for me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just throw remind people of that because I mean no one even cares. No one even brought that up. I thought we'd get shit for that movie, but never happened. About George Washington? Yeah. Uh, I mean, is anyone that? Uh, does anyone actually like George Washington that much? Or well, I don't know. Well, let's let's hear from the people. Okay. Do you care? We'll about, do you? care about George Washington person? Do, do you, the listener? No. Oh, we'll see. After the break, RJ dies with a shit bucket, and I go to throw myself out of a window, and I'm successful. What's in the bucket? Shit. And piss. She's a town with a heart, just a place for the start of a motor. Toward the old time shore, see the young lovers pour from each doorway. Mama Roma has eyes that look down from the skies on the Mama Roma takes care to see me. When you get your OnlyFans up and running, mm-hmm. will you work for anybody else or will you be your own boss? Depends if I make six figures or not. Nice. And, and get that sweet tattoo. If people are willing to pay me $100,000 a year 
I'll do almost whatever they want on the OnlyFans. You heard it here, you heard it here first, folks. Almost whatever. No rules. You, you, I'm, I've stunned you, haven't I? No rules. No, no rules. Ass play. Only, only fans. No, there would be no intercourse on my only fans. Well, that's, no, there's no intercourse necessary. It would mostly just be, uh, it would mostly just be shots of my toilet. I wouldn't be on the toilet at the time. It would just mostly be still pics of my toilet. Well, it would be denigration, that's for sure. Well, you first, bud. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and make requests to RJ. I'll handle those things. I'll handle the requests. Uh, what are you going to do with said requests? We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Oh. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwolf. Oh. We've got a YouTube page. I think we're almost at 1,600 subscribers. As 1,600 like, tumblers? Yeah. Tumbles. <laughs> Is that good? I, I no, probably not. But it's uh, we're, we're the little trains that can, huh? And we got a Patreon. That that I mean, come on, we, we're getting all these new listeners. Cough, cough it up, shoppers. Cough it up. Uh, yeah, send us money so we don't have to have an OnlyFans where <laughs> we do things. Things. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that shit. Next mm-hmm. week, RJ. Spine 237, Ingmar Bergman's Smiles of a Summer Night from 1955. Uh, Is that good? How many fucking Bergman movies have we watched so far? (laughs) Lots. Christ. (laughs) It's this fucking guy. All right, whatever. I think this is on the channel. I'll double check. Well, last I looked, it was. (sighs) Is this good? We're going to find out. I've never seen it. If it, right. hey, it is summer, at least, and we'll be recording at night. So it's perfect. Serendipity. How could it be bad? Um, It could just be bad. Let's see how long this movie is. Mm. Hour 49. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The hits just keep coming. Old Swedish bastard. Ugh. All right. Why, can, why can't like everything just be like a 90-minute movie starring Charles Bronson? That's what I want to know. I'll give you one better. Make them 22 minutes. <laughs> right? Good night. Is that, is that bad? <laughs>